Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Sam H E D A Z at hotmail.com 
or you can go to lordshipchurches.info. And uh, I am the research director of the Ecclesiastical Law Center. And if you go to lordshipchurches.info, you'll be able to see a comment box there. Just uh, type your information in there. Send it over to me. I I can promise you that at some point somebody will bug me long enough to actually check the website to get that off there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we do check that quite frequently to be able to see who is commenting on the website and appreciate all of you who have left comments and also uh, filled out the uh, information form there to be able to ask questions and to get into contact with us. But really the best way is just to email me at refreshedaz at hotmail.com. Now to contact my co-host, Pastor Anthony Garissi, you can write him at pastor at net. or if you're so inclined, people still like to get a, a letter in the mail from time to time, although it's been a while, all I get are credit card offers and, and bills. That's all that comes in the mail anymore for me. But hey, you know what? I don't give my address out on the radio either. But if you want to send a snail mail to Pastor Anthony Garissi, you can do so at 303 West Main Street, Payson, Arizona, 85541. He is the pastor of Payson First Baptist Church, which is located there. So if you find yourself in the Payson area and you need a good place to go to church, uh, drop in there. That uh, He's a dear friend of mine, and he's an excellent pastor. And, uh, and his preaching is straight from the Word of God, which we do here on the radio broadcast as well. The King James Bible is our final authority for all matters of faith and practice, and it is the only authority that we use on this broadcast. Um, and basically it comes down to this. If it's not in the Bible, then uh, we, we throw it out. Now get this, folks. There are a lot of people that want to take the Word of God, want to pick and choose, take verses out of context, uh, choose a verse that maybe might suit them, but throw out the rest. Well, folks, if you're going to use the Bible as your authority, then you have to use the Bible as your authority. In other words, you don't get to pick and choose what you believe out of the Word of God. You pick up that book, you read about Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. You read about how you need to uh, repent and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that that point you will be born again and you will be saved, and, uh, and how you need to... Uh, Follow the first step of obedience in believer's baptism and how you need to find a good church so you can fellowship with the other saints, so you can be exhorted and edified within the local body of the church. The Bible is our final authority for all matters of faith and practice on this radio broadcast. Now, I know you folks have been paying attention to the news. We do have the smartest listeners uh, in the radio land, I do believe, for the contenders for the faith radio broadcast um there are a couple of different ways that you can actually get involved with this broadcast first of all this is a call-in broadcast and our call-in number is 1-800-932-1980 that's 1-800-932-1980 or my absolute favorite thing that I, I was so glad frank set this up years ago and it's still a wonderful way to be part of the broadcast because people just participate. I learn a lot in the chat room. So go to theamericanvoice.com about halfway down. You'll see a button that says chat right there uh, uh, to the right of all of those live streams at all of the different uh, uh, speeds that you can pick up. And uh, click on that button that says chat.americanvoiceradio.com. And jump into the chat room, give yourself a super secret identity, and get in there with, hey, Frank, 
the, the station owner. How often do you get to converse with the station owner? You can jump right in there in that chat room and do so. Also, LT, good to see LT in there, the fellow uh, Indiana Hoosier. And uh, Jason B., that's me in the chat room. Then Nunya's in there, good to see Nunya. Pastor Mike, uh, always good to see Pastor Mike, an encouragement in there. Jeff and Alien Pause 12, good to see John in there as well. And so, uh, folks, just take advantage of this resource that Frank has set up. And, oh, by the way, while you are at the American Voice Radio Network, uh, theamericanvoice.com, also consider giving. Listen, there are so few outlets for the truth on the radio these days that uh, you need to, to scroll down that webpage just a little bit, theamericanvoice.com, right under the L.A. Marzulli Days of Chaos and under the non-GMO vitamin C ad right underneath there. And uh, Frank needs to make this a lot bigger is the Donate to AVRN. You want to donate to the American Voice Radio Network to keep this radio broadcast on the air. Am I strong-arming you? No, I'm not strong-arming you. But what I'm saying is that the American Voice Radio Network is one of very few places where you will hear the unbridled truth in today's day and age, and you want to be a part of that. Let's keep this radio station on the air and uh, and also jump into that chat room as well. The, the Comments that have been in there are, we almost had like a whole pre-show comment going in this chat room. It was a great discussion going on about uh, about how the churches have failed, and indeed they have. And uh, a little bit about street preaching and the Westboro uh, Baptist whack jobs. Uh, that's a horrible that they called themselves Baptist, by the way. Now they're talking about the Catholic Church and Islam and Mormons. And we are folks going to talk about tonight a couple of different things. Now, this might be a little bit of different perspective from what you have gotten from most places with regard to the mass shooting in Orlando. It's something that we just simply cannot ignore because it is the biggest news out there. Fifty individuals were shot dead, um, including the shooter himself. Four, uh, Fifty-three were injured uh, several in critical condition right now, and it is considered the largest mass shooting in American history at this point, and it was pulled off by someone who was a devout Muslim, who was practicing the tenets of Islam, whose father is actually running for president of Afghanistan and is pro-Taliban, this guy's been in America since the 1980s. I cannot believe the different stuff that they're able to find on, on all of these. I can't believe that, that the guy that was the shooter, his dad, had been here since the 1980s. And it just goes to show you that the Muslims who come over, they never really do assimilate for the most part. And, uh, and so we, we've learned quite a bit about this shooter and, and what he did down there in Orlando. Now, what very often happens in a case like this, and of course it is to be understood, this is a horrific thing to happen. Listen, no man ought to take into his own hands, under his own authority, the uh, duty to carry out execution that is told in the Word of God is to be done by the powers that be. Instead, this person, um, this uh, uh, Muslim, went in, to this nightclub and shot and killed all of these people and did all of this. And it's horrible. Islam is horrible. It is slavery, especially for the women. It is wickedness and debauchery for the men that are involved in Islam. It was founded by a pedophile 
It was an organization that down through the years has only been able to spread throughout the world through conquest and not because of a uh, message of love and acceptance or, oh boy, that just sounded like a, a advertisement. Anyway, the, the message of the love that Jesus Christ had for us in dying on the cross. Instead, it's spread by the message of, if you don't convert, we will kill you. Now, has Christianity done this at times in the past? No. I'm going to leave a little bit of a, a uh, pregnant pause there. And the reason be- for this is because if there is an organization that is killing, even if it is in Christ's name, people, because they will not convert, that's not a Christian organization, okay? Um, has Christianity ever done it? No. Have people that claim to have been Christians ever converted with the sword? Well, of course. Uh, the Catholics did it. They claimed to be Christian. They did it during the Inquisition. And uh, Islam is evil. It is satanic. It, it, the devil loves it. And now it is practiced, voluntarily or otherwise, by a billion people in the world. And now the Catholics want to get all cozy with Islam, even to having some high-level uh, uh, high-level imams into the into the Vatican a couple of years ago. I mean, all of this uh, combining into the one-world religion that we hear about and we read about in the Word of God is happening. And you see these organizations getting together, which is no mystery at all, because the Catholic Church has always been about converting through persecution. Get people to deny the truth of the Word of God and to become a Catholic. This is what our forefathers as Baptists have fought down through the centuries, all the way back to not too long after the time of Christ. Unfortunately, we've had to deal with the Bishop of Rome claiming to have the authority over all of Christianity and combining that with a physical sword to persecute those who will not uh, obey. And in that way, the Catholic Church and, and Islam have a lot in common, and it's interesting to see at higher levels now that they are starting to cooperate some, just um, paving the way for the Antichrist and paving way, the way for the one world religion. But folks, what we are going to talk about this evening, we're going to talk about the other side of the coin with regard to the Orlando shooting. One thing that will fall by the wayside is the remembrance that homosexuality, or sodomy as it's referred to in Scripture, is wicked, it's disgusting before God, it is a heinous crime of humanity, and it is an abomination. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, because what will be lost in this discussion is that very fact, that while these were 50 people that were gunned down, what I have read time and time again in the different articles is that they were innocent, and that is not the case. We're going to unfold this as the show goes by, but Frank, if you have that clip ready, folks, I want you to listen to this clip. Uh, Frank's going to play about the first minute and 20 seconds of it, and I want you to understand that what our churches are going through and what the evangelical quote-unquote movement is doing right now will soon be in churches that traditionally have held the line. All right, Frank, if you have that clip, go ahead and play it if you would. for the gay worshipers in the pews. They were at the National City Christian Church in Washington recently for a meeting of the Reformation. 
Affirmation Project. The group seeks full acceptance for LGBT people in evangelical churches. Before we move on to talk point number five, I just want to recap where are we, how is everyone doing? Matthew Vines gained a following after posting this video testimonial on YouTube. I am gay. I didn't choose to be gay. In the Christian Bible, the Apostle Paul condemns what he calls shameless sexual acts between men. But Vine says loving homosexual relationships were practically unknown back then. The heart of Scripture's teaching is that marriage is about commitment, that it's about keeping one's covenant with one's spouse in the same way that God keeps His covenant with us. And that's something that same-sex couples can do just as well as opposite-sex couples can. Vines argues that a teaching like this that has failed in its objective and caused a lot of suffering cannot be correct. But critics say he's just reinterpreting scripture to justify his own sexual orientation. All right, there you heard it. There you heard a clip from the uh, Voice of America website, and actually it came off of the YouTube website. It's called uh, Gay Evangelicals Argue the Bible Does Not Condemn Homosexuality. Now, folks, this is what's coming to a, to a church near you, if it hasn't already. As a matter of fact, in various uh, churches around our area even, there has been a great out pouring of support for the sodomite community, for uh, what some folks call gay, although that is certainly a misnomer. For the homosexuals, they have been uh, bleeding hearts. Here these churches have seen that only love and acceptance, and we should uh, bring these people in, and we should let them know that what they're doing is right. Well, you see, it is starting to spread throughout America. There will be, if there are not now. Now, I believe that there probably are somewhere now. I haven't heard of it. There will be independent Baptist churches that will full-on accept homosexuality because they will say that the, these people cannot help it and that these things have to be done in the confines, confines of marriage, and therefore men ought to be able to marry men and women ought to be able to marry women. And the reason that they will go this direction and compromise in this direction is because of money. Now, the fact is that the government has shown and is increasingly showing that it will stifle free speech if they have a hand in uh, what's going on in the church. For instance, if a church is 501c3, which is an IRS designation, meaning that they are tax-exempt, then that church, if they, uh, if they participate in political speech that is more than 5% of what they say within the church, then they could lose their 501c3 exemption. And it's happened. It's happened several times over the past few years in a few high-profile cases. But one thing you will see as this great falling away is happening, you will see that churches will value their pocketbooks more than they value holding to the truth of the Word of God with regard to what a heinous crime against God homosexuality really is. Here is a fact for you. The Bible says that those who participate in homosexual acts are not only an abomination to God, are not only going to spend an eternity in hell, but they are at the very last uh, thread of their existence by virtue of the fact that God has given them over to a reprobate mind. 
This is not something to be accepted. This is not something to say is just like any other sin. Now, it is just like any other sin in the fact that any sin will send you to hell. If you have sinned one time in your life, you have broken God's law, and therefore the wages or what you are to get from that is death, an eternal death in hell that was created for the devil and his angels. You say, well, that sounds very outdated. Well, folks, it is the Bible. Now listen, the Bible is not outdated. If you read the Bible and the Holy Spirit opens it up to you as to what the meaning of the Scriptures is, you will see, first of all, yourself in the Word of God. You will see how you have violated God's law and how God will not hold you blameless. Have you sinned? Have you lied? Have you committed fornication? Have you done this even in your own mind? Have you hated your brother? Have you uh, blasphemed God? Have you, have you used his name in vain? Do you have any other gods before him? Have you violated God's law in any way if you've done it once in your life? Which we all have, for the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, then you are responsible before God to pay the wages of that sin, and that sin is eternal death. In that way, homosexuality is just like any other sin. Its wage is eternal death. But the Bible opens up and explains to us that not only is homosexuality a sin, which it is, but it is an abomination, which means that it stinks literally in the nostrils of God, that God has to turn away from that, that person that practices homosexuality. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 through uh, verse 32. This is the clearest picture we have in the entire Bible of what actually happens in the mind of somebody who has given themselves over to perversion over and over and over again, and have rejected God's truth over and over and over again. And it tells us and gives us a picture of that individual who will not turn to Christ who will shake their fist at God and say, I don't need your son, Jesus Christ. So let's read Romans chapter 1 and verses 16 through 32. We've got a number of other passages that we're going to read today and also some articles that we're going to throw in. So I want you to stay tuned for the entire broadcast because this is all going to be taken as a whole. And at the end, it's going to have a, a surprise ending because we're going to pull everything together, including... Muslims. And so, hey, how can you turn off a program that's going to be talking bad about homosexuals and Muslims if you're a conservative? And hey, if you don't believe these things, then you know what? Stick with me as well, because we're going to take a reasoned look through the scriptures at what God uh, thinks of homosexuality and what the wages or what the response that God has toward these uh, horrific sins against nature uh, what, what his response is to that. So this is one, the reason I'm doing this is I don't want to get this lost in the conversation that we're having with this Orlando killer. Yes, we need to speak out against the, the Muslims. They're horrible, terrible people who practice a religion that is straight from Satan himself. Just so you don't think I'm trying to parse words on Islam or on the Muslims. 
On the other hand, we have an entire other organization that was not blameness, or, or uh, not organization, and another entire group of people that is not blameless before God. As a matter of fact, both stink in the nostrils of God, and here we have the wages or the recompense being reaped for what they have sown. They've decided we are going against nature, and therefore God's judgment is upon them. Romans chapter 1 and verses 16 through 32. Stay with me through this, okay? Stay with me through the reading of this, because I want you to listen very closely. If you've never read this passage, then you'll, you will uh, get something out of it. If you have before, I want you to listen again to what God has to say in Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. This is Paul speaking, of course, to the church in Rome. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God, now get this, folks, what it says in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. We ask our kids what that word all means. And they say, it means all. That's right against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And I heard pointed out the other day in a message at our meetings here in Union City uh, for the ELC that what it's talking about there is that the truth is being repressed or being held down because of their unrighteousness. They have to do that. They have to push the truth down. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. God himself has revealed to these people that what they are doing is against nature and against his law. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Again, he's speaking of the natural law here, being understood by the things that are made. Now, who was not made? Everybody was made, right? Even his eternal power in Godhead so that they are without excuse. So what's Paul telling the church in Rome right here? The, Paul is telling the church that, look, even nature itself teaches you that those things that are being exercised by those who call themselves Christians are against nature, that even nature itself, if it was to take the stand against uh, uh, people who are living in unrighteousness, nature itself would condemn them and would testify against them, and they would be found guilty of violating even nature, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Now, these are the folks we're talking about that were in that video that I just played, those that are wanting acceptance in the evangelical churches in spite of their abomination, in spite of their wickedness. They want acceptance for their behavior that violates God's law and the natural law that God has set forth for people to abide by. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And we'll continue on with verse 23 when we come back from the break. Stay tuned through the break. We'll be right back after this. But jump in the chat room in the meantime. We've got a lot of chat, chatting going on in there. You definitely don't want to miss out on that. Go to theamericanvoice.com and jump in there.
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, welcome back to the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. If uh, you got that uh, clip ready, Frank, roll it. To be straight, the musician in the band Everyday Sunday is now coming out publicly about being gay. ABC6's Luann Stoya joins us live from Goodell Park with why the rocker and father of two is gaining national attention. Luann? Well, Trey Pearson is a rocker who loves his Bible and Jesus. The front man for the group Everyday Sunday is putting his career at risk as he acknowledges to fans he's gay. Sunday has toured 50 states and 20 countries and sold a quarter million albums. Here we go, here we go! The recent album, New Beginnings, appears to be a harbinger of things to come for Trey Pearson. I have no problem being gay and being a Christian. Uh, I believe Jesus absolutely loves me uh, the way I am. He created me this way. <laughs> says he's been accepting of other gay people, but tells us he's struggled with his own sexuality. Pearson has two children and was married to a woman for seven years. When she was able to understand and when I told her, when she was able to just hug me and tell me how much she loved me and tell me how proud of me she was, uh, that's when I was able to realize I was going to be okay. Right now I'm Pearson has been playing Christian music since he was 14 years old. Growing up in a conservative Christian household, Pearson says he was taught homosexuality was wrong and that God hated it. Now he has a different view. The most important thing is to love your neighbor as yourself, and if you can do that, you can learn how to love God. And by doing that, you are loving God. Workers are preparing Goodale Park for the upcoming Pride Festival. Pearson says Everyday Sunday will kick off the festival on Friday night hopefully with support from across the community. I absolutely know that God will be with us as we celebrate at Pride Festival, and uh, God is with me as I seek God in everything I do. And we have learned tonight that Pride Festival will be here at Goodale Park on June 17th. For now, we're live in the short north, Luann Stoya. All right, that's uh, you folks just heard a, an article or a, uh, a video from the news station there in Columbus, Ohio, that's pretty close to here. And uh, I wanted to intro this half of the broadcast with that because what uh, what that was, if you weren't uh, don't understand the situation surrounding this, is there has recently been a Christian rock star. Now we know that's a misnomer right there, but a Christian rock star who has come out saying that he is gay. He has two children. He has a wife who uh, is supporting him. I mean, I don't know what people would expect out of her at this point, except maybe kill him in his sleep because it's it's sick and perverted and demented. But uh, this happened pretty close to us here in Columbus. Now, this group that this individual was the lead singer for is called Everyday Sunday. Okay, this is a an alternative rock group. Um, that has been around since the 90s, and they are, have sold millions of albums, and they're very famous and very popular. This is to show you how demented, perverted, and sick to the core the CCM, uh, Christian, uh, Contemporary Christian Music Movement, is. Because here you've got one of the main lead guys who comes out. It wasn't that long ago that Ray Bolts 
he did, you know, uh, he sang that song about the anchor, whatever that was, that was real popular back in the early 90s, maybe late 80s, and he came out and said that he was a sodomite. It's something that runs in the circles with regard to the Christian rock movement, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised that because this guy had the quote-unquote courage to come out, oh, and by the way, to leave his family and to leave his wife, because his two kids, because he thinks that he is gay? Because he thinks he's a sodomite? The wickedness. I wouldn't be surprised if this gave some others the quote-unquote courage to come out as well. Folks, this sodomy thing is not something that is happening somewhere else. This is in every town, in every uh, church. There was in our town, in the town of Union City, Indiana, with about 2,500 people on the Ohio-Indiana border, my pastor, his daughter walked into the ladies' restroom at the McDonald's, and there was a man in there. This is not something that can be ignored. This is not something that is somewhere else. This is something that is in our face. And what is going to be lost with the Orlando bombing is the fact that these people who are sodomites are not blameless. As a matter of fact, they are a group that is one of the most militant groups with getting their uh, uh, way across. And their way, by the way, violates what Scripture has to say. Now, when we left for the break, we were reading through Romans chapter 1 and verses 16 through 32. And I'll pick it up where we left off. I believe I was reading down through verse 22, and we'll start there and read the rest of this, and maybe some commentary on Romans chapter 1 and verses 16 through 32. By the way, somebody who is a practicing homosexual, who is an unrepentant homosexual, is not saved. You're getting ready to see why. This is according to the Word of God. This is not according to the opinion of Jason. Because you know what? My opinions are not worth anything. And I'm serious about that, because we need to refer to the Word of God for everything that we believe. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, it says in verse 22. Isn't that just like the Sodomite movement? How they professed themselves to be more aware and awakened to what, uh, uh, what they ought to be doing, and they have, have come out of the closet, almost as if it's, an, it's a, uh, a coming-of-age moment where everybody should just go, oh, look, that person is now comfortable with themselves. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. That is exactly what Christianity, for the most part, is doing. They are conforming God to their own image. These sodomites who claim to be Christians at the same time, who say God is okay with sodomy, they do not believe the Bible. They do not believe in the God of the Bible. They only believe in a God of their own making, one that they have created with their own hands, and one that they worship, which is a direct image of themselves, as opposed to realizing that they are an image of God. They have it backwards. Wherefore, oh wait, we didn't finish verse 23, did we? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready for this, folks? Because I don't think you're ready for this. You can't handle the truth. And yet here it comes, right here. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts 
lusts. It talks about lusts there of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Is there anything less honoring to God than going against very nature with your body? The answer to that is a resounding no. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. When God says that uh, sodomy and the homosexual lifestyle is an abomination to him, these people have said, Yea, hath God said that sodomy is, is an abomination to God? Oh, no, God accepts us the way that we are. And what have they done? They've changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature. What creature? Themselves. The God of their own making, their own bodies to, to do these, this wickedness, these lusts of their own hearts it spoke of in verse 24. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. As a punctuation, Paul said, Amen. God is blessed forever. Those that have made God into their own image as a sodomite-loving deity, have well, they don't worship the God of the Bible. They worship another God. They've created their own idol, and it looks just like them. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. What can be more vile than that which the sodomite lifestyle promotes. There is nothing more vile than that. Somebody may get angry and murder somebody in their natural man. But I believe that even the satanic and demonic wonder at how depraved and disgusting mankind can get for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, even while the satanic forces enjoy it, I suppose. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. Paul here is not even arguing with regard to men and women rejecting the opposite sex in favor of the same sex. He's not even arguing it's a spiritual thing at this point. He's not saying, look, this is a, a spiritual issue that they need to get right. He says it's, they're leaving the natural use. How can they be so far gone that they leave the natural use? The man for the woman, the woman for the man. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. Paul wouldn't even mention what they were doing there. He would just say, look, it's not even to be spoken of. It's disgusting, it's despicable, and we are not going to detail it in this letter. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, the judgment of disease and depravity.
depression. Uh, sodomites have have one of the highest levels of of, uh, of suicide of any group of people in the world, and they and they contract diseases, and they're constantly and they want to blame all of those of us who stick by the Bible when all they are doing is reaping that which they have sown in their burning of their lust one to another. and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, boy, how did they reject God through their lifestyle, through the way they live, through the disgusting and horrendous and unmentionable things that they do to one another. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Uh, what is a reprobate mind? The reader might ask at this point. A reprobate mind, what does that mean? A mind that is wholly given over to the lusts of the flesh, doing unnatural things with one another. He says that there in verse 28. You see that, right? To do those things which are not convenient. That's an understated way of saying, look, they work hard to do and to live this reprobate lifestyle. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Fornication. That's the number one thing that comes, isn't it? They can't marry each other. They can't go according to the word of God and and uh, and and marry as God has said with one man and one woman. Then so everything they do is committing fornication with each other, wickedness. As if fornication wasn't enough and it wasn't included in wickedness. Wickedness is a pretty encompassing term, isn't it? Covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, gay pride, gay pride, boasters. Yes, we are living this lifestyle and there is nothing you can do about it. Inventors of evil things. Oh, my Folks, if you have not been exposed to the sodomite lifestyle in any way, please uh, prevent yourself from being so. Listen, there have been a couple of times that I have been in a situation to where I had to, uh, how can I put this in a a gingerly way, where I had to leave the area because of what I thought was potentially going to be uh, there. I can give you an example. We were putting a hardwood floor in, in Pine, Arizona, and there was a house that uh, we were working in that was owned by a sodomite. And we were installing this hardwood floor, sanding and finishing this hardwood floor. First of all, the demonic forces in that house were astounding. Second of all, the demonic decoration was amazing. Third of all, the disgusting and horrible things that were depicted in that place caused us to not even be able to go into that residence until the owner of the company covered up the decorations in there. Folks, there is nothing good about homosexuality. 
It is the final place for someone who has been so reprobate that they are, have become haters of God and that they have become inventors of evil things, sitting around thinking about the horrible things that they could do and being inventive in it. Disobedient to parents. Hey, kids, listen to that. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. They can't even have natural affection anymore. They have that taken away from them. They have that driven from them because of their love for that which is wicked. Implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Folks, listen to me very, very, very carefully. I'm going to make two points right here that you need to understand in order to understand the entire hour that we have spent together. First of all, understand this. Sodomy is worthy of death. Second of all, understand this. You are not the authority to execute this judgment upon them. That belongs to the God-ordained authorities. Now, will the God-ordained authorities do that? No, because they're in disobedience, because they hate God as well. Does that mean we take it upon ourselves? No, because then we would violate Scripture. So what can we do? Oh, we'll get to that in just a minute. I want to talk a little bit about Trey Pearson. That's the one uh, we just heard the the uh, news clip about, Trey Pearson, how everybody's celebrating this guy coming out. He's the father of two uh, children. He just got a divorce from his wife, and uh, now he can't be the father to those two children. He visits them every once in a while. But let's take a real quick look at a couple of verses here, as if Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 32, wasn't enough to, to blow this guy out of the water. Look at 1 Timothy 5, eight. Now, this guy chose the sodomite lifestyle over this. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This man has denied the faith. This man does not provide for his own. He has chosen instead this unnatural use of his body over his two kids and his wife. Think about that for a second. Covenant breaker, truce breaker, all of these things listed in Romans chapter 1. And he will suffer the judgment of God, and though he claimed to be a Christian, he is not because he is an unrepentant sodomite at the very depths of depravity according to what the Word of God says. And if you've got a problem with that, then take it up with God himself and quit calling yourself a Christian if you don't believe this book for what it says regarding these things. The second thing is 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 7, which we'll read very quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 7. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Sound familiar? Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Sound familiar? Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. I love that. <laughs> That's got a double meaning. Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. This guy loved his pleasure more than he loved even his children, which goes against nature in and of itself. Having a form of godliness. He's a Christian rocker. And you know what? He'll continue to be a Christian rocker. He's a gay Christian. But denying 
the power thereof. The, the power of what? The, denying the power. What is the power of Christianity? To change us and, and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ as we have put our faith and trust in him. The Bible says, from such, turn away. From such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Folks, look at the other side of what's happening today. Was the shooting in Orlando a horrific thing? Yes, it was. You know, the Bible actually uh, uh, deals with some folks who, who apparently had turned from the sodomite lifestyle. Because, folks, it is a choice. And actually, you're, you're, you end up getting there when you reject God. So I don't know if it's so much a, a, uh, a natural choice. It's certainly an unnatural choice. But this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then in verse 11 it says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Sanctified, you're set aside. Justified, it's just as if you had never sinned. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Trey Pearson can get things right if he puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then he too can say, and I was that, was that way, but Jesus Christ has made me a new man. I can be the father of my children and the husband of my wife. Turn from your wicked way. Folks, so you say, well, what then can we do? Boy, you sure listed a, a big list of sins in that last passage, didn't you? Well, you know what? The Bible says this as well. In uh, in Revelation chapter 21, in verses 1, well, let's just read verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, then you say, what can we do? You mean ultimately we're just going to be, if we, if we are not born again, but we're not sodomites, ultimately we are going to be thrown into the lake of fire because we're not born again? And the answer to that is a resounding yes, according to what the Bible says. Well, then the question comes up very much the same as the Philippian jailer asked. What, what can we do then? What must I do to be saved? This is the great thing. This is the great thing, folks. And although you'll bear the scars of the sin that you have committed in this life here on earth, you can have your soul cleansed. You can be bathed and washed in the blood of the land, wearing white raiment, justified and sanctified before God. If you realize that Jesus Christ died for your sins on the cross and you receive him as your Savior, because you see, he died for you. He died for the sodomite. He died for the Muslim. If they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they too will be sanctified, justified, made into God's image, 
and able to walk the streets of glory forever, even if we do have to bear the recompense of our iniquities while still here on earth. Jesus Christ still saves. Thank you for tuning in to the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. Stay tuned for Melissa Roxanne coming up next, and also tomorrow evening at the same time slot as us is the Covenanters Call radio broadcast with Pastor Mike Hoover. Be sure to tune in there and check out the new pictures on the American Voice radio website. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in.
your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Once again, stormy southern Indiana, and we welcome you to the program this evening. We are a Bible call-in question and answer program. If you'd like to give us a call this evening here at American Voice Radio, that number is 1-800-932-1980. 1-800-932-1980. And, of course, you're welcome to uh, drop us an email, themuggyown at cleaninter.net. Give us a phone call, that number, 812-653-5578, or drop me a note in the mail. I would love to hear from you. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569, North State Highway 337, in Orleans, Indiana. Well, we appreciate the fact that uh, we were able to attend the meeting up there at Cornerstone Historic Baptist Church last week, and a number of preachers up there had a great time in the Lord. We were able to place um, a one of those messages on our broadcast last week that was... Uh, Pastor Ben Townsend, the uh, director of the Ecclesiastical Law Center, dear brother in the Lord, you'd be praying for him, having some physical difficulties and problems that come as you do grow older, and uh, we uh, just would expect you to be praying for him. Also, uh, appreciate the fact that the other preachers could be there. Uh, brother Steve Pauley from a church up in the uh, state of New York was a tremendous blessing. All the preaching was, but Brother Steve, one of these days, we're going to have to get him on the broadcast here with us and let him cut loose and preach. He's a dear brother in the Lord, and we appreciate him so much. A um, little update on Helen Rose. I've been asking you to be in prayer for little Helen Rose. She was diagnosed some time back, all six weeks or so ago, with uh, a form of cancer of the blood. And uh, you will remember several years ago, we mentioned her little brother, six-year-old, uh, that passed away with the very same type of ailment. And uh, little Helen Rose on last Thursday came home from the hospital. She is doing extremely well, and we thank the Lord for his blessings upon that family. You keep uh, that family in prayer, Hallie and Kevin, Mom and Dad, and little Helen Rose, and you just pray with us as she continues to recover. 
It's a tremendous blessing to see what God has done. I want you to know that prayer changes things. I don't know about you, friend, but I take prayer seriously. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we believe that truly. So we appreciate you tuning in this evening. If you had the opportunity, come on into the chat room. We've had some folk come in, some folk go out. But the chat room is an option that you have here at America Voice Radio. And always interesting to look at the conversation uh, that takes place in there during the broadcast. Sometimes we can comment on it. Sometimes we don't. But uh, we're just thankful for the opportunity. So we encourage you uh, to do that. Well, a lot of current events going on, aren't there? I'm going to have a few comments concerning what took place uh, yesterday, I believe it was. But also, I want to share some things with you that happened just this afternoon. Walmart, Amarillo, Texas. A SWAT team takes out and kills an armed suspect that took hostages at the Walmart there. And uh, investigators confirmed. They say all the hostages are safe. And the police identified the gunman late Tuesday as 54-year-old Muhammad Maghadam. Maghadam. Muhammad Maghadam. Of course, they do consider this a workplace violence situation at this point. has nothing to do with terrorism. By the way, just like what happened at the uh, Sodomite Bar uh, earlier this week, of course, that that had nothing to do with terrorism, I, I'm sure. Uh, you know, just random act of violence. And, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that we still have a president in the United States in the White House that refuses to acknowledge the terrorism that's taking place on our own soil? Now, you know, this is a sign of the last days, in case you didn't know that. Um, God was not caught by surprise when Barack Obama became president, nor was he caught by surprise the second time he was voted in, if you believe that the voting process is really a viable process. Now people are worried about who's going to take his place, but I want to spend some time this evening talking about what's going on right now. I'd like to begin this evening by asking you this question. How long? How long? Why are we so prone as Americans to make an idol out of a state? Why are we so inclined to embrace the state as our ultimate provider and sustainer here in the real world? Why do we fall and fail to recognize the trap of allowing the government to take care of us at our every whim and every supposed need? Why are we so automatically and unconsciously disposed to make the state our God in practice. I want you to think about that this evening. You see, the religion and worldview of statism has been a core component driving human history since before the time of the Tower of Babel. The desire for men to come together apart from the Word of God and build cities and cultures and civilizations dedicated to establishing and exalting the name and fame of the collective has been a defining characteristic of human nature since the fall. Consider this passage from the Bible, if you would, please. Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. 
And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had a brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. A name for ourselves. Just like Babylon or Rome or the Soviet Union, friends. Or how about America? You see, each one of these nations is an expression of the same core concept. We the people. We the people can come together to make law. We the people can come together to pursue civil government. We can build a culture that's based on what we feel and believe to be best apart from explicit connection and subjugation to the nature of God as God's revealed to us in his word. That's the basic idea behind statism. Doesn't matter if it's Roman or Babylonian or Soviet or Islam or America. And that's why all statist empires inevitably fail and fall in God's creation. Friends, like it or not, believe it or not, and submit to it or not, but God's word is and always shall be binding upon every physical corner an immaterial concept within his creation. And anyone, doesn't matter if it's an individual or a collective, presuming to build upon anything but the rock of his nature as the foundation for law and government and economics and art and everything else, is begging for the ultimate collapse of their little exercise in self-rebellion, exalting themselves, placing themselves above the concepts of God. Now, no matter how many generations or even centuries the rebellious exercise in question may appear to thrive and prosper, it will inevitably fall, oftentimes quickly and very, very hard, causing great pain to many on its way into the ash heap of God's creations of time and history. So let me ask you another question. How fast can the U.S. fall? Let's consider the USSR, shall we? I'm just old enough tonight to vividly recall a world in which the Soviet Union was the great, the terrible, and sure to be around for a very, very long time, evil empire. A great deal of American and global culture was shaped around the fact of Soviet vitality and strength. For my entire childhood and into my high school years, the Soviet Union was a sad fact of life, an ugly part of reality that had every appearance of going on forever and quite possibly of even taking over the world. At least that was the spin that you and I were fed by pagan propagandists at every turn for generations in America, going back many decades before I was even born. The Soviet Union was huge. It covered about one-sixth of the surface of the earth, and it had a gigantic military that was seemingly on the march here and there and everywhere. Its more overtly communistic brand of statism 
was heralded as a beautiful and unstoppable force by intellectuals throughout the West. Its power was the object of awestruck adoration and admiration from even the majority of those who hated its core identity. And then one day, it just sort of imploded. The Berlin Wall came down. I remember that. I remember our president, Ronald Reagan, telling the leader of the Soviet Union, tear down that wall. And it did come down. And that was pretty much it. In what seemed to be a flash, the invincible global superpower known as the USSR was gone. It was dead. It was finished. There are lessons from this relatively recent historical example for us to hold close as we watch the Americans spin a statist empire come crashing down around us. How fast can America fall in God's creation? Well, let's consider tonight some of the things that we in America are programmed and encouraged to hold dear as, and I say this in quotation marks, rights, often even calling them God-given, and protect through what we call, quote, law, end of quote. We the people. We the people claim and celebrate the right to legally produce and promote and consume pornography. We even have the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party presently making some of his vast income from a strip club operating in one of his casinos. We the people celebrate the right to openly promote and profit from legally protected businesses built upon the marketing of adultery. Remember what it says there in Exodus chapter 20? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Not a subtle but an overt attempt to destroy the one of the most basic units of God's creation, that's the family. We the people claim the right through the power of the state to confiscate the property of our neighbor through property tax so that we can fund our precious public schools, which are, in fact, temples of statism, which happen to be built upon the satanic approach to the pursuit of knowledge, first pitched in Genesis chapter 3, and also happened to spawn from the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. We the people also claim the right to divorce on demand, the right to marry anyone we like, same sex or otherwise, and of course, the right to openly and legally operate a mass child sacrifice system whereby we exercise the right to kill our own children on a scale that would make the past collective statist empires like Nazi Germany blush. So, friends, how long? How long does the American statist empire have left? How soon might it implode? How quickly might it finish itself off in its proud and suicidal rage against the binding law of God and the actual real-world authority of King Jesus? The better question seems to be, 
Why haven't we been squished and snuffed out under the grinding heel of God's righteous judgment already? You see, friend, that's the question tonight we should be asking ourselves. As we repent and beg for mercy from the Christ, we refuse to have rule over us in educational, economic, political, and legal practice. How long will it take, friends, for a proud, unrepentant America to fall under the immeasurable weight of its rebellion against God? Think along with me. While we may be tempted to feel all dirty and discouraged and downright icky at the prospect of America, led by American evangelicals, choosing Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton as this cycle's left and right halves of the two-headed dragon, that's dragging what's left of the culture straight down to hell. It's important to remember that there is much good that will and already has begun to come of this pathetic spectacle. Though good and proper conviction is a good thing, believe it or not, it's essential since it leads people to repentance and restoration with God. The last thing Christians ought to be known for is fear or depression, since both are the antithesis of faith. Most that proclaim a faith in God today never exercise it, At least their lives are not a display of that fact. Oh, they may talk about being Christian, but when it comes to living like one, that's a different story altogether. I've stood in the front of many churches preaching across the pulpit, sat in many pews listening to preaching across the same. And I'll tell you this evening from personal experience that there are a number, a vast number, sometimes even a majority in many of the meeting houses that meet together supposedly to worship God that are filled with people that spend the majority of their day worrying about the next. Worrying about this. Worrying about that. What about World War III? What about World War IV? What if they release uh, gas? What if the Muslims take over? What if there's a attack in my hometown? What am I going to do financially? wonder if my job's secure. Is my husband faithful to me? Are our children living a life that would bring honor and glory to God? Are they behaving themselves? What's going on in the back meeting houses of the powers that be? On and on and on the questions go, and people worry. I've told our people in our church that worry for a true child of God is a lack of faith in that same God. Most people tonight that speak of having faith in God really don't exercise it because they doubt God at what he says. I want you to know I've been reading my Bible for a number of years, and I've never found one time in the Bible, nor one time in my life, where God has failed to do what he said. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. These are all statements from the word of God that are given to God's children in particular. And they are to live them in their lives. Friend, what's troubling you this evening? 
What is it that you're most worried about? You see, our churches are filled full of these people. What's going to happen? What's going to take place? We're worried about this, and we're worried about that. So, let me ask you a question tonight, friends. What good could be coming out of Trump versus Hillary? What positives do we have to thankfully embrace through this awful clash between the Donald and the Hillary? Truth be told, there are too many to give you over this broadcast this evening. But just to help you and to remind myself, not to let the lesser evil sewage running on the streets give the impression impression that all is lost, or there is no great opportunity to be had, I'd like to share just three of them with you this evening. Number one, listen carefully. Christians, our hope is not in America. Let that sink in. If you're a true child of God this evening, and only you and God know, then you must realize from the pages of the Word of God that our hope is not in America. This is a theme that we try to keep stoked up in our church at all times. And it certainly is worth repeating this evening. Few things are more important for us to remember if we are to resist the now common, especially in the evangelical circles, idolatry of the American state. Now, let me make a comment here this evening on that evangelical word. I want you to know that a true child of God is going to be evangelistic. But the term evangelical has come in this country to really represent, if you please, a denomination of people that like to lump themselves together. They are from many extremes. There are those that want to lovey-dovey you straight into hell, although they constantly speak of doing it into heaven. Then there are those kind of the middle of the road. Then there are the extremes on the other end that are very uh, stiff-necked and very straight backboned and so on and so forth. But evangelicalism is not an ism that you find taught in the Word of God. If it's an ism, it's man-made, friends. And if it's man-made, it never works. Don't give an opportunity for the flesh. Don't ever depend upon the flesh. So when I use that terminology, evangelical circles, I'm speaking of a broad spectrum tonight. A number of people that consider themselves to be at least religious. But evangelicals should remember, but true Christian people should remember, that our hope is not in America. Number two, as the lesser evil sewage flows thicker and deeper in America, many people may well be compelled by God's grace to finally acknowledge long ignored and very ugly realities. You see, friends, throughout Scripture and history, God has often brought his people under his wing through harsh disciplines, including his purposeful use of war, economic distress, and wicked leadership. The more deeply our culture sinks into the muck and mire of its own making, the more opportunity we will have as Christians to stand and faithfully proclaim the true 
everything touching gospel. Number three, as the everything touching gospel is faithfully proclaimed and applied, by the way, application here is the key, the everything restoring great commission will advance all by God's grace and for his glory. If we seize the many amazing opportunities to come through things like Trump Clinton and faithfully proclaim the whole gospel, then, friends, there's no limit to the great things that God can accomplish by his grace through his people in accordance with his great commission. Remember this. The darker the faithless culture becomes under the weight of its pride and rebellion against God, and Jesus Christ as King in its practice, the greater the contrast and more easily visible the beauty of his nature as revealed in his word. And you know what? That's a good thing. So you see, friends, this evening, remember this. Jesus said, repent or perish. That's something that we need to realize. I may not know what's coming tomorrow. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. I know that he is in charge, that I can rest in him for what is coming, and that he's promised me he never allow me to be tempted above that I am able. But with the temptation, make a way of escape that I might be able to perish. That's something every American needs to understand this evening. The fact that Jesus Christ is king, and that no matter what takes place on this earth, no matter when it takes place, no matter how it affects you and I personally, or as a family, or if you please, as an individual, we must understand that Jesus Christ is king, that Jesus Christ is in charge, and that Jesus Christ is the winner. You see, no matter what the Muslims do, no matter what Obama tries, no matter what executive orders he may rush through as he ends his sordid career as a joke in the White House, we understand that Jesus Christ is king. We remember that Jesus Christ is in charge, and we remember that we can rest in him. That's something you and I need to look to. You stay tuned for the second half of the Covenanters Call. from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. 
Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Welcome back to the Covenanters call. Once again, our call in number 1-800-932-1980. And uh, we'd love to hear from you this evening. You're welcome to call. If not, we'll just preach right on as we usually do. Appreciate the folks in the chat room, about a half a dozen of us in there. A very intellectual group, I might say. And I appreciate you guys coming and listening. I know when you're in the chat room, at least you attempt to listen, unless the... Uh, conversation gets too animated and interesting there in the chat room, then you just run right on. I can't comment while I'm preaching, but I can sure watch. 
Let me take an opportunity to encourage you to be a supporter of American Voice Radio. And uh, I know that uh, it would be greatly appreciated. There is an opportunity there on the main page of the website. And you can just click on uh, Support AVR and then give as you feel led to do so. You want to keep a broadcasting network like this on the air if you possibly can. I was reading just today that now Homeland Security is pushing for more gun control because of what's happened um, where all the sodomites were killed. And, and uh, you know, I, I hate to see anybody massacred. I do. But um, the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, and sometimes God ends your sin in a drastic way. And we all answer before God. But uh, we encourage you to be a supporter of this broadcasting network. Lots of good information on here. And uh, more good programming coming later this evening as well. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, isn't God good to us? Praise the Lord for his kindness. And we're very thankful this past week we had the opportunity to get together with all of our children, first time in five years. And uh, we had all 26 of our grandbabies that are still here with us and got pictures with our children and their spouses. Had a great time up there with uh, Pastor Keith Hoover and the people of uh, Cornerstone Historic Baptist Church. Appreciate their hospitality. And appreciate the, our children traveling as they did from Missouri and Arizona and Pennsylvania. And uh, three of our children living here in the state of Indiana. Very thankful. Great time in the Lord. And uh, Grandma and Grandpa, well, they call us Papa Nana. We're, we're starting to look a little worn now, but that kind of goes with the territory. But we're very thankful to get together with our children. The Bible says that children are in heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. And we're very thankful for our children, thankful that our kids are faithfully serving the Lord where they are in whatever capacity that God has placed them in. We're talking about paying attention to what's going on around us. Let me make this statement, then I want to move on. When we the people dive deep into the perversion of law and economics and art, through our proud insistence upon the right to openly worship false gods, the right to openly produce, promote, and procure pornography, the right to divorce on demand, and the right to sacrifice our children for convenience. And friends, we set ourselves up for many things, nearly all of them terrible, but one of them good. The deeper we dive into darkness, the more our sin contrasts with the light, which always brings God glory and often brings us clarity and brokenness and repentance. So, is there a plus side to Trump versus Hillary in 2016? Oh, yes, it would be contrast. We're being given the blessing of stark contrast. And I don't mean between the evils of Hillary and Donald. I mean between the life and death differences between God's word and man's word. See, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about this evening. Some of you, I'm going to remind you of what took place in the Cincinnati Zoo just a couple of weeks ago. Some of you were paying attention to what took place there. A terrifying scene unfolded there at the Cincinnati Zoo. A four-year-old boy tumbled into an animal exhibit that was occupied by a giant 400-pound gorilla named Harambe. Now, how in the world that child was able to tumble into there, the authorities will have to figure out. But to me, as a 
parent and a grandparent. Sounds like somebody wasn't watching that boy. But as the horrified zoo patrons, including the child's mother, looked on, the gorilla violently dragged that boy from one end of the enclosure to the other. And finally, after about 10 minutes, zoo officials and law enforcement officers determined that they had to shoot and kill the gorilla in order to save the child's life. From what I've been told and read, the animal died quickly. The bull was rushed to a hospital where he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. And we had a happy ending to what could have been a terrible, tragic story. Friends, I call it a happy ending because the young boy lived, which is a result that would have seemed very much in question to anyone who happened to witness the situation in real time. Of course, I'm not happy that the ape died. I'm an animal lover. I didn't wake up on that Saturday morning hoping that a gorilla in Cincinnati would meet his untimely demise. But when a human's life is threatened by an animal, the only thing I care about is saving the human. The moment the gorilla grabs the boy, my first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, one hundred, one millionth priorities are to save the boy. If the boy's saved, then that's what I'm happy about. But predictably, my priorities, and more importantly, the priorities of the zoo workers and police officers on the scene, weren't shared by everyone. See, we're living in the days of neo-paganism, where legions of depraved souls seem only capable of mustering compassion for the wild beasts. And as for human beings, they feel only contempt and indifference. Over the next few days, we were treated to another round of our trademark national outrage. People were creating petitions and venting their seething rage on all the different social media. A Facebook memorial page was immediately created with a picture of Harambe, accompanied by the caption, I was someone and my life mattered. Heartbroken citizens planned a candlelight vigil. Others even left flowers at a statue of the beast, borrowing a page from the pagan animal worshipers of ancient times. Some people protested outside the zoo. They claimed the gorilla should never have been shot. Many others echoed that sentiment, insisting that Harambe was only very gently dragging, dragging a child around his cage like a rag doll. Many people, calling upon their extensive zoological training and education, came to the conclusion that the animal should have been tranquilized. Officials at the zoo explained that a tranquilizer would take several minutes to work, and during that time, the animal would be even more agitated, further endangering the boy's life. But that's a risk worth taking, according to a lot of people. Other people were much more blunt. If you make the mistake of reading about the reactions on something like Twitter or in the comment sections under articles about the incident, you'll find out that a good number of folk think this should have been settled by survival of the fittest. Let the preschooler and the quarter-ton beast work it out between them. If that means a child is ripped apart, well, then so be it. One guy on Twitter wished that humanity would become extinct so that gorillas and other creatures could finally reign in peace. 
His comment received almost a thousand likes in the space of an hour. Some people blame the child, saying he entered the gorilla's space wrongfully, perhaps should have been left to face the consequences. Another popular opinion was that the enormous beast was only trying to protect the child, which, by the way, is a conclusion invented out of thin air based on nothing but Disney movies. Fortunately, the zoo was not willing to risk the child's life based on these childish fantasies. And now it's necessary for me to point out that while the media obsessed over the ape and thousands of people cried that they will miss a zoo animal they didn't even know existed on Friday. 125,000 abortions took place. On a daily basis, a group of people larger than the population of Provo, Utah, are systematically exterminated. None of them are given a name. There will be no candlelight vigils for any of those victims. And while that ape was killed quickly and humanely, these children will not be given the same consideration. Depending on the trimester, the executions will be carried out in a variety of different ways. A common method, probably utilized hundreds of times a day, is the dilation and evacuation. That's the D&E. In that procedure, the abortionist pries open the mother's cervix with a metal instrument inserts a suction tube to extract the amniotic fluid, then uses a pair of sharpened forceps to methodically tear the baby apart limb by limb. They usually tear the legs off first, then the arms, then the abdomen, and so on. Finally, the skull is crushed into pieces until the child's brain oozes out of its mother. At that point, the abortionist knows that the act is complete. Soon that woman will be cleaned up and will hand over a wad of cash, $400 is the national average, and then they'll usher her quickly to the exit. This is a scene that plays out over and over again every day all across the country and around the world, friend. There's outrage over these senseless acts of brutal violence, but only in certain circles. In fact, the outrage is so exclusive that we even have a name for the sorts of folks who don't think we should be dismembering 50 million kids each year. We call that very specific group of people pro-lifers. Those who are not pro-life are either indifferent to the mountain of dead human bodies piled in medical waste dumpsters outside abortion clinics or quite enthusiastic about the whole thing. The indifferent and the enthusiastic seem to outnumber the pro-lifers by a wide margin. But outrage over the death of a jungle beast is far more mainstream. And this was a beast, by the way, directly threatening the life of a child. A person can only imagine how most Americans would react if a demented zookeeper decided to kill a baby gorilla by dismembering it and crushing its skull. I expect angry mobs would burn down the zookeeper's house, maybe even stone him to death in the street. Then they'd build a golden icon of the unfortunate creature, and every year 
On the date of its death, they make pilgrimages to the holy shrine. In fact, they're pretty much already doing that with Harambe, and it's only been a few weeks. You see, friends, these are the consequences when a culture severs itself from reality and rejects values that are rooted in a love of God and a recognition of moral absolutes. It doesn't take long before this lost and detached culture plunges into barbarism, paganism, paganism excuse me, and insanity. Friends, one abortion is a greater tra- tragedy than the extinction of an entire species of animals. A million dead kittens or a hundred thousand butchered elephants do not even come close to matching the horror of one slaughtered baby. If you can't see it that way, then you are a confused and morally corrupt person. But all the same, I'd choose your life over that gorilla's. I'd choose it over every gorilla on the earth. Because no matter how unconcerned you may be about the lives of other people, friend, you're still a human being. And that means something to me, even if it doesn't mean anything to you. 125,000 children died while that scenario took place with that ape. Is that not amazing? To you? How far have we come? How far have we gotten away from the morals and principles that God established for us in his word? You talk about a corrupt society. There's no difference between Old Testament, Israel, and the heathen nations around her that sacrificed their children to the gods of Molech. an image that they would heat till it was white hot and then throw their living children into its arms. Can you imagine a mother doing that, a father doing that? All in a sense of worship and all of a man-created image that has no life in it. But friend, that's what's taking place in our society today. It never ceases to amaze me to go out in public and see the people that once would raise their hand and say, hello, how are you? Beep their horns and wave to you as you go by. They might flash a smile to you as you open the door for them or they for you. That have now become so involved in the electronics of our era that they hardly notice you're there. You see, in a way, moms and dads, listen to me tonight. By the grace of God, I've been a dad for almost 40 years. I've been a grandfather for almost 16 years. I've learned a little bit, and if you'll allow me, let me share it with you tonight. There's no difference between sacrificing your child to an image and allowing your child access to those things that will destroy your child. I remember going to school. I started in elementary school in 1960. I know that dates me, but I'm 60 years old. 
I remember the things we had in elementary school with which to do our work. We had a teacher with a yardstick that knew how to use it for more than simply measuring. We had pencils, we had paper, we had a blackboard. I remember standing at the blackboard and working out math problems. I remember the teacher would put them on the board and she'd call us one by one, then stand behind us and watch us as the rest of the entire class would watch while we performed the functions of our addition or subtraction or multiplication or division problem. She would give us words of encouragement as we finished properly. She would give words of concern if we were slipshod in our work. But never did she ever say, go back to your seat and use your calculator. Never happened. You see, I was raised and brought up before the cell phone, before the personal computer, before the iPod, before the iPad, before the you name it. You know, I never miss those things. But today in our society, it seems as if the more we use them, the more we think we feed, the more that we think we need them. Wow. So what the parents do today, instead of spending time with their children and teaching them the things they need to do, they'll slap a movie in there, set them down in front of that screen and allow that screen to babysit them. Worse than that, they'll simply turn on their television and allow that man-made sewage to be dumped in their living rooms right into the laps of their children. Oh, don't misunderstand. I'm not one of those kind of preachers that preaches against the the wicked television, it's an inanimate object, just like your radio, just like your computer, just like your cell phone. It's not that inanimate object that is guilty of the sin. It's the person that sits in front of it and what they do with what they're presented with. And then we wonder today where our children have larger muscles on their thumbs than they do on their thighs. We wonder why our children don't have a good work ethic. Did you know the Bible teaches that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat? We should teach that to all the people in the welfare line. Are you, as I, getting more and more tired of the dole-out, hand-out system that we live in today? It's everywhere. I remember... Here, some time ago, when there was a major flood in a tsunami, when it came into the Japanese island there, I remember watching in horror as the waves, 30, 40, 50, 80 feet high, rolled in and literally wiped towns and businesses and and people right off the map. Many died. The next day, the Japanese people were working to clean it up. Not just the government people, but all of the citizens were out working and doing their job and helping to share the burden of the tragedy that had taken place. I was impressed by that. Say what you will about those people, but many of them have a good work ethic. I'm sure there are those that are exceptions to the rule, but that's true in any society. Then I thought about the earthquake that took place in Haiti some time ago. Some of you will remember that. 
and all of the help that came in from all the other countries around the world, the United States and many other countries sending in their search teams and their, their search dogs and supplying the medical supplies and the food and on and on and on and on it went. Wow, what a outpouring of compassion from people around the world. Then I remember some time later, months later, maybe even a year later, of seeing pictures of that same area still in shambles. Buildings still tumbled down. Trash and garbage littering everywhere. But the most profound part of what I saw was the man sitting on the street corner. Doesn't matter what color he was. He was a Haitian man. And as the cameras rolled, he sat there with his hands out, asking for a handout. That's a distinct difference between people that are willing to work and people that are willing to take a handout. You see, because of all that we've seen take place, and because many times... In the name of the church, these religious organizations have become a social function, handing out to the public instead of encouraging the public with the truth. I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's an evidence of what's taken place and that's where we are. So what do we do? Well, we'll find someplace else to go. I couldn't tell you the number of times I've heard people tell me that. Where are you going to go, friend? Oh, well, I'll run off to, they'll name some Central American country or the backside of somewhere. The answer is not to run. The answer is to stand. I'm thankful for the backbone of the people that helped found this nation. I'm thankful for the backbone of people such as and I'm not trying to brown nose here. I'm thankful for men like Frank and this radio station that are willing to allow people to come on here and preach the truth, speak the truth, point out the inconsistencies, point out the error, allow people to come into the chat room and to discuss it. But a man that continues to go on with a network such as this that desires to get the truth out. See, people like Frank I can stand with. Oh, he may not be pretty like me, tongue-in-cheek here, but I can stand with him on that issue. Having done all to stand, Jesus said, occupy till I come. We need to get away from this mindset that says we surrender everything to this wicked state because things are going down the tubes. No, we stand. We preach the truth on this network. I preach the truth from our pulpit. I take a stand publicly. I don't support those things I should not, and I support those things I should. See, it's time we simply realize the basis and the basics of the scenario that we find ourselves in, and we do right. This is the Covenanters Call. I'd love to hear from you this week. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337. Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can drop me an email, themuggyone, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N, at 
C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R.net. The mug you own at Clean Internet. Or give me a phone call, that number, 812-653-5578. And I encourage you to stay tuned for more great programming this evening, always coming forth here on American Voice Radio. Make sure that you're a supporter of American Voice Radio. I trust that you'll tune in the next time we have the opportunity. I believe I hear the music. My time's up. Until we meet you again on the airways, may God bless you. It's our prayer. Have a great evening. function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Critical show. This is my live show for Thursday. The what is it? Sixteenth? As I squint to look at the date, is it the sixteenth? Yeah, it is the sixteenth day of June, two thousand and sixteen. Wow, look at that! Like three sixes there in that uh, date. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, it's five minutes past the two o'clock hour now out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And as you all should know, you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. So that means you can go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, which is the website uh, for this network. And you know what to do there when you get there. I have a website, conditioncriticalshow.com. You can go there and you should check out my blog. I'm going to be talking about uh, the article I wrote last night first up here once we get moving along. Uh, a couple donate links like to point them out uh, each and every show. I got a donate link attached to my blog. Uh, I don't beg for money, but anything would help to keep the lights on. As I always like to say with the other one, the more important one is the one for America Voice Radio Network, guys. And uh, if you haven't clicked on that donate link for America Voice Radio, please do so now. Donate $5, please. Frank would appreciate it. So would I. Okay. Call in number 1-800-932-1980. That's if you want to call in. But uh, you guys know the number, and you don't have to be invited to call in. Just call in if you want. About it. If I left anything out, I'll get to it later. I'll give uh, some further contact information out at the end of the show. All right, let's just uh, move right along. There was a point I wanted to make uh, yesterday and all the other points that I had made about that whole, you know, Orlando homo nightclub shooting thing. I'm not going to really get back into that 
I think I said all he needed to say on that, but there was something that I did forget and I had left out. And that is the report where, and, and it, it was brought up a couple of times and in, in, in kind of in this context, like was, was this Omar Mateen radicalized online, like via the internet, right? And I read that, and I'm like, what, what does that mean, radicalized? Like, and they even said, another report, you know, said something like, was he, was he radicalized by, like, some of the websites that he visited, right? They kind of even went a little bit more specific. And I'm like, what's that? What, what, what's the, what does that mean? What do you mean, radicalized online? And so, as I thought about that last night, I wrote this article, and the title of it is basically the theme of my uh, blog or my, my website. I have, like, a title which is if you're not sickened, you're not healthy. And what I mean by that is who in who needs to be radicalized online? I mean, really. And so I asked the question, you know, just just spend about five minutes, okay, in everyday American society, and you're gonna get radicalized. There's just no two ways around it, okay? And I pointed out a, a couple of and look, I mean you could you could you could fill an encyclopedia up, right, with the examples of, of, you know, this, like getting radicalized just by what you see every day. And so I just picked a whole bunch of headlines, and I'm not going to read any of, from any of the, these, you know, articles, you know, that, that, that these headlines are attached to, but just check this out. Okay, so how about this? Tampa Bay Rays, that's the baseball team, sell out Pride Night. Now, what that means is, Tampa Bay Rays baseball team, of course, they're close to Orlando. They're very close, right? And they're having a, a pride night. They're having a, a homo night, right, at, at the ballpark. And, and it's sold out. What? So, okay, I just want to go to the baseball game, right? Man, I just want to go to the baseball game and relax. And holy moly, where did I, did I just, what is this, a gay ballpark? What, what happened here? Okay, that, that should radicalize you. How about this? Georgia police shoot homeowner after responding to the wrong home. Now, th- there's, a, there's numerous examples of cops doing that. Okay, and I'm not going to read from the article, but yeah, they showed up at the wrong house, the one next door, right? And they, they shot and killed this guy. It, oopsies, right? And the article went on, and the, and the chief of police, like, hey, it, was, hey, it was an honest mistake, and we're, we apologize. That's basically, you know... What was said, and the wife is like, oh, my God, you killed my husband. And they're like, well, your husband did, you know, respond with a, he, you know, he was armed with a handgun when we, she's like, yeah, you were breaking into our house. We thought there was a home invasion. Oops. Anyway, there you go. There. How about this one? Parents' house seized after son's drug bust. Yeah, I think he was, uh, he got arrested, not at the house, somewhere else with a couple ounces of heroin. Okay, whatever. So about a week later, uh, they get a court order, the cops do, and they go take these people and literally throw them out on the street. Okay. Don't you think those things would radicalize you? How about this man who fired shots to scare off pit bulls attacking his dog, charged with reckless endangerment? That happens a lot. People that, you know, uh, are defending themselves, and it doesn't even have to be with, uh, with dogs. I found examples of just there's all kinds of examples out there. You know, guys walking in a park, and he gets assaulted, and, you know, he, he defends himself, and, ends up killing the guy, and he gets charged or something, right? It's unbelievable. Obama-led drone strikes. Oh, here's this one. I didn't read this article. Obama-led drone strikes kill innocents 90% of the time. 
And this, that's, that's the headline. And you know what? The, the innocents that they're killing are, are Muslims. These are, that's, what they, that's what we do over there. Don't you think that would radicalize the Muslims? I say it all the time. Just when Sheikh Mohammed Jabbar rebuilds his grass hut, just when he find, packs in the last of the freaking mud that he got out of some pond, right, to seal up the, the nooks and crannies in this grass hut, uh, an F-15 comes by and, and does an airstrike on his, on his grass hut. And it's like, geez, wow, man, I just rebuilt this thing. Yeah, okay, here's another one. And we all know about this one, especially living out here on the West Coast. Oregon bakery owner refuses to pay damages in the gay wedding cake case. And there are numerous examples of bakeries, you know, just refusing to, to do, you know, bake a cake for some homos, and they get bankrupted. So there's that one. How about this one? Mother of teen murdered by illegal immigrant tells Congress, do something. It's your job. And I had reported on that, oh, probably a month ago, if you guys remember. So there you go. How many, how many examples were there just there? And I, like I said, I could have filled up an encyclopedia. But, you know, uh, there was no need. And so who needs to get radicalized online is my point. What, what kind of nonsense is that? And here's, here's, but here's, here's the thing, okay? There's something to this, though. I mean, they're not just saying that just to say it. Because they, they certainly don't believe that. I think that there's a larger issue here. There's a, I think that there's something, there's an underlying uh, agenda here. And what is that? Well, and now this is just speculation on my part. Okay. I believe that they, they're just, they're, they're floating this out there and they've done it before. Okay. Is that they want, this is going to be a way for them to, to finally, because you know how people are, they want to be protected, right? I mean, we let them install the TSA. We let them install Department of Homeland Security, right? We let them have these multi-jurisdictional tax forces like SWAT and multiple agency SWAT teams, right, you know, to protect us. And we give up our rights. We, we let them, uh, you know, violate our, our, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution just all the time, right? So, the, again, what I believe is the underlying uh, issue here or agenda is, is that this is a, a way for them to kind of come in and then finally take control of the Internet. I, I don't know how that sounds, if it sounds kooky or not, but that's, what I, that's how I feel. Uh, and I believe people will let them do it. They'll say, hey, well, we can't have this, you know. But those, those pesky, you know, websites that people go to to get radicalized. I mean, think about that on the surface, how ridiculous that sounds. Just think about that, how ridiculous that sounds. I mean, I think you would have to be kind of a complete retard, right? I mean, what, you, so you, what, you go to a website and then shazam? You, you, you turn into the Unabomber? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. So, you know what? Nice try there, FBI, because this, this was the FBI. One of the reports was that James Comey, that clown that runs the FBI. He's like, hey, these websites that people visit, and we're looking into that, and, you know, we'll get back to you, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Well, just be aware, folks, that you know, this is what they're doing behind the scenes. You know, all of this, all of what they do, you know, whether or not this Orlando whatever was, was a, a, a hoax or a, or a false flag or not, it's always the perception that it was, it's going to be, the perception is always going to be that it, it, it happened. You know, that's the vast majority of American people aren't going to question the events in any way, shape, matter, or form when you should question everything they tell you. I mean, 
Don't the liberals say that? Isn't that one of their mantras? Question authority? You see the bumper stickers? That's mostly like libertarian type, liberal types, right? Hippy-dippy type people. Question authority, right? But yet they don't do it themselves. A little bit of a kind of some hypocrisy there or, I don't know, something weird going on there. So anyway, I just thought I'd point that out to you. So check out my blog. That is, I believe it's the first article uh, uh, on my uh, on my blog when you go to it. So there you go. All right, let's move along. I, now this came across my desk. <laughs> my desk. Actually, I do have a desk, and I'm sitting in front of, and behind it here right at the moment. Hold on. I want to find this. This is out of the USA Today. Kind of moving along here, guys. Here's the headline. Treatment, treatment of immigrants in Mexico, much worse than any other country. Did you hear that? You know how we're, we're always, uh, you know, the United States is always blamed. Well, we treat, uh, we treat these uh, undocumented workers. We just treat them so badly, right? I mean, we only put them up in like three-star hotels, right, when, when, they, when they, you know, crash the border with their little pickaninnies, right? And, you know, provide them room service, give them cell phones. And I'm exaggerating slightly, but you get my point. But we're always accused of that, the United States, right? We're just so bad. We're just so bad. Well, here's the headline again. Treatment of immigrants in Mexico, much worse than any other country. Now, this is out of Timbuktu, Mexico. Hernandez Martinez came to Mexico to escape a brutal drug cartel in Honduras. But his treatment in Mexico isn't much better. On May 30th, local police robbed him and then threw him and five other migrants from Central America off of a moving train in this town about 100 miles northwest of Mexico City. The police took all the money I was carrying, the 41-year-old woodcutter said, of the $120 he had borrowed from several relatives to make the journey. Now I don't have a penny. There's nothing to go back to. Martinez said four other Hondurans he was traveling with had been taken away earlier to another uh, Timbuk4 town south of here by local gang members in front of Mexican authorities. While Mexican politicians complain about the mistreatment of Mexican immigrants fleeing to the United States, Mexico is far more abusive towards Central and South American migrants like Martinez who seek asylum or want to pass through to the United States. Uh, human rights group groups allege many of the tens of thousands of refugees fleeing violence in their home countries are routinely preyed upon by both criminal organizations and corrupt government officials in Mexico. The Washington Office of Latin America, a nonprofit rights group, said in a report issued in May last month. Martinez said he fled Honduras after a notorious local cartel, the What are, what is it here? Some some crazy named truck cartel, you know, killed his three younger brothers when they refused to work for them. Hey, hey, well, I mean, you know, they I mean, drug cartels need employees too, right? And, you know, so hey, you know, you don't want to come work for us. I mean, I guess we're going to have to kill you. Come on, guys. Hold on. Where did I lose my place here? Da, da, da. Yeah, killed his three armors he's working. He said his starving family was counting on him to send money once he got to the United States and found work. Quote, my family has not eaten a cooked meal in months because there is no job except working for the cartel, he said. There is no wood to cut. There are no farms left to work in because of the drought. There is no water in the homes. Now his biggest fear is that he'll be kidnapped, kidnapped by a Mexican cartel that will exchange him for another captive held by the Honduras cartel. So there you go. Here's another one. 
what's her name, uh, Martin Rios. Martin Rios, who runs a kitchen to feed the migrants in this Timbuktu town, confirmed the deal between the drug cartels. Many immigrants who take the train are kidnapped, kidnapped by the cartel cartels here and exchanged with other cartels. Wow, that's, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, just transferring employees. What's wrong with that, he said. They are often used as slaves. The women are sexually harassed and often used in human trafficking business. Sexually harassed, I'm guessing they're just getting gang raped. I'm guessing that's what that means. How nice. Vicky Fox, who has, a, who has done research on the issue at the University of London, said nine out of ten Central American migrants had been the victim of a serious crime in southern Mexico, ranging from armed robbery and assault to gang rape and attempted murder. Fox said some migrants reported extortion by local Mexican authorities, too. But this is the tip of the iceberg of the abuse, which includes mass kidnap, rape, disappearance, and murder at the hands of organized crime groups such as the Zetas, or the Zetas, maybe it's pronounced. Those who cannot pay for their release are murdered, and their bodies have been cut into pieces and burnt or dissolved in chemicals and made into fertilizer to spread on the fields, Fox added. All traces of them, of their humanity, disappeared. That's nice. Now, I, I don't, you know, what do we do? We just want to send them home, right? We just want to send these illegal alien savages back to Mexico. I mean, just think if we started, like, kidnapping them and chopping them up into little pieces, right? Come on. Well, see, here's the thing. You know, when I call them illegal alien savages, I don't just do that flippantly, call them savages. They're savages, right? I mean, that's what savages do, right? Am I wrong? Am I missing something here? Uh, Let's see here. Human rights violations, rape, murder, extortion... Here we go. Human rights violations, rape, murder, and extortion of migrants in Mexico is rampant, and authorities turn a blind eye or actively participate in it, this woman said. The, excuse me. The National Institute of Migration, the Mexican agency that deals with Central American migrants, did not respond to requests for comments. Well, why would they? I mean, why would they? They, they, don't, they don't have a conscience. They don't, you know, they're perfectly uh, okay with what they're doing. Like, why? It's what we do down here. I mean, I mean, you should know that. You know, if you're coming from Honduras or, or somewhere in, in, in Central America, you know, you, you should know that when you cross the border, you know, we're, that you, you're putting your life at risk. You know, we have drug cartels here. Our government is corrupt. You don't, people know this, or if they don't, they should. And so when they come here, they do so at their own risk. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that would be their statement, right? And, you know, I'm guessing that's what their public, uh, like, you know, spokesperson, right, would, would say if they were to comment. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's because, I mean, it just makes sense. Let's see here. We're about at the end here. Rios, who runs this, uh, da, 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 the society. Yeah, okay, it's about it. It just kind of goes on redundantly about the rape and murder. Oh, let's see here. This is There's some kind of an overview here. Eh, little graph, nothing really important there. So, okay, well, there you go, guys. You know, and this is out of the USA Today, by the way. So, the mainstream publication, and I just wonder if anybody reads that or has read that, and and what what people think about that. You know, because you know we're too busy in this country. You know, uh, us on the other side being attacked by you know the liberals and the Obamas and and the Clintons, right? And, and even some Republicans were being attacked for you know our so-called racism or. Uh, 
you know, mistreatment of these, these poor, poor illegal alien savages that just come here looking for, you know, uh, just trying to come here to better their lives. And look, I've had people close to me, you know, kind of be sympathetic in that way. Oh, they're just, hey, man, they're just coming here. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. I don't care. If their lives are so bad, they need to fix them down there. Because when they come here, they make everybody's life bad. You know, I, I'm tired of paying for other people's, you know, I'm tired of, hey, I got stuff I need, okay? I don't want to have to, you know, uh, buy toothpaste and, and, you know, bus passes for, for, you know, every illegal alien savage that, you know, comes here looking for a better life. Now, if that sounds harsh, you know, if that sounds, uh, you know, well, harsh, but too bad. Too bad. Here's the thing, though. I think it... In my opinion, it's much more humane to send them back to their own country in, where they can thrive in their own culture, right? And maybe with some tools to, like, fix their government, right? I think this has been brought up in the past. Send them, send them home. We have probably, the, and, I'm sure, and I know we do, the military has, you know, uh, crates, warehouses full of uh, of. of uh, you know, firearms, right? I mean, I, I, you know, we know this because of all the police forces out there that have been militarized with militarized <laughs> weaponry, right? So just give each and every one of these savages a freaking M16 or a, or a squad automatic weapon, right? A couple crates of ammunition, right? Give them, you know, one of the surplus pickup trucks or minivans that the, the government's not using anymore. Pack them in it. Give them a $500 Visa gift card to get gas. Send them on their merry way. There you go. With a little bit of a, uh, a game plan, like an op order or something like that. You know, maybe have some ex-rangers, some ex-special forces guys. Show them some, some squad tactics and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Give them a ranger handbook even. A couple U.S. Army field manuals. Here you go. Uh, here you go. Back off. You go back down to Guadalhuchi. And hey, man, have at it. And then they could fix the government. Wouldn't that be much more humane? I mean, that might, that, all of the, what I just said might sound far-fetched, but what's better? What's better for them, really? You know, because here we're told that they're living in constant fear, right? They're just constant fear of, uh, you know, uh, what uh, immigrations and custom enforcement coming and ripping them and tearing their families apart and blah blah. Right? So hey, man, we're going to keep you all together, okay? There's you know you're going to live in fear any longer of your family being ripped apart. We're going to keep you all together. We'll put you, hey, we have spare buses. If it, I mean, if there's, like, if there's like 93 of you, hey, man, we'll give you a bus, okay? We'll give you an old surplus Greyhound bus and a $1,000 Visa gift card, okay? And we'll load the luggage compartment up with M60s, uh, Mark 19s, some Laws rockets, hand grenades, okay? Uh, pistols, you name it, crates of ammunition, and, and some spare MREs and some old sea rations. Off back you go to Guadalhuchi. I'm guessing they would be much more happier. And $1,000 to them is probably like a million dollars to us down there. Who's going to take their money then? Who's going to kidnap them then when they show up in this bus? And, oh, the drug cartel is going to see that bus. They're going to go, man, that thing's cool. We're going to go take that bus. Well, when they go and try and take the bus and get mowed down by a squad automatic weapon, I think they're going to change their mind a little bit, right? And then these people can build a decent community then, right? They can get rid of the corrupt government officials. Then it's up to them, right? Then it's up to them to either change, you know, their government 
change the government officials, right? Change the structure and everything, the whole landscape of the of the area, right? It's up to them. It'd be up to them. And I think they'd be much more happier. They're in Guadalhuchie. That's where their roots are. Their kids can go to the local school, the local elementary school there in Guadalhuchie, and bingo, you know, they've got a grocery store. It's fully stocked. No more drug cartel. No more bad, corrupt government officials. There you go. I think I just solved, I think I just solved the illegal immigration problem right there. So anyway, I thought I'd share that with you as well. See, we're coming up on the break here, so I don't want to get too far into my next topic here. I want to talk about Stephen Colbert a little bit. Now, I, I, I don't know why I want to talk about this clown, uh, but I have, to, the, 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 I have to ask the question, does anybody watch this guy? Does anybody, does anybody watch Stephen Colbert? I, I know he's supposed to be, like, really popular. He used to be on the Comedy Central channel or something. He had some kind of show on there, and the guy's really a clown. And I'm pretty sure he took over for David Letterman. Now, I liked David Letterman. I thought he was, you know, he was kind of one of those old school late night guys like Johnny Carson. And those guys were, they're just, they were better than the ones that we have now. Uh, now, I know Dave, David Letterman was kind of, kind of a lefty whack job, but he, he was kind of fair and balanced and he, he, he could interview somebody. And so I thought it was odd that, uh, they replaced him with uh, Stephen Colbert. I'm like, really, Stephen Colbert? That guy's a freaking clown. So anyway, he uh, he's come out and called Donald Trump. Uh, he's basically call him a, calling him a Nazi. See, they get away with that. The left, you know, they, they get they just routinely get away with uh, with calling people Nazis. So I hear the music, guys, and we'll check back with you after the break.
and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Yeah, there we go. Some southern hard rock, little Leonard Skinner, Molly Hatchet. Welcome back, guys. Second half of the Condition Critical Show here. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. Again, I'm live today. It's Thursday, 16th day of June 2016. Now, 40 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, which means you can go to the American Voice Radio. Or hold on, let me say that over. AmericanVoiceRadio.com or the AmericanVoice.com. Kind of the same thing there, gets you to the same place and all that. I have a website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. You should check it out. Now I'll, get, I'll, I'll fill in the rest of the information at the end of the show, uh, contact information. Let's just move right along. I set it up uh, before the break. I want to talk about this clown, Stephen Colbert. And I wish I could say more about him. I mean, I, because, you know, just for some background, but I, I've never watched the guy, you know. So I, I could be wrong in my perception that the, that the guy's a clown. I mean, you guys tell me. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't watch them either. Uh, like I said, these late-night guys that are on TV now, and I, I'm aware of who most of them are. He's one of them. You got, like, Jimmy Fallon. and Is there a Jimmy Fallon or is there a Jimmy Kimmel? Or is that one the same guy or whatever? I don't watch any of them. Anyway, Stephen Colbert. What's the headline? Colbert explains Trump's Orlando response with swastika. That's right. And there's a little video attached to this. I'm not going to play it. But the image on it, uh, you know, he's trying to be clever, right? And he's using like a, he's, he's, he's like using the swastika as like a, a, gra- a graph or something like that. You know, he thinks he's being clever. You know, like I said, these liberals, these progressives out there, they routinely uh, throw that, smear, that, that type of smear out there. Uh, on people, because they, they know for the most part that it works, man. Just call somebody a Nazi. Nobody wants to be called a Nazi. Stephen Colbert went after Donald Trump for seven and a half straight minutes Tuesday night in a critique that ultimately included the use of a Nazi swastika to explain the presumptive Republican nominee's comments following the mass shooting in Orlando. The late show host rattled off a series of Trump's responses after the shooting attack at a homo nightclub in Orlando over the weekend that killed 49 people and injured 53 others, allegedly. I added the allegedly. First, Colbert pointed to Trump's tweet in which he said he appreciated the congrats for being right on radical Islamic terrorism. And, you know, he did say that in some context or some fashion or form. He did, you know, and he, and he is right about it, you know. And so what's wrong with gloating a little bit? I mean, come on, man. You know, I oftentimes, you know, say, hey, man, come on, it was, it's not that serious or whatever. And we're not, I, I say things like we're not saving lives over here. But in this context, with as far as radical Islamic terrorism goes, we are trying to save some lives here. So I think, you know, when Trump says, hey, man, I told you, I told you, essentially, right? What's wrong with that? Hey, I would do it, too. As news of the attack was still coming in Sunday, Donald Trump took to Twitter to express his solidarity with himself, tweeting, I called it, Coburn said referring to Trump's response. So what there, Colbert? So what? Like I said, he was right. He's allowed to gloat a little bit. Then Colbert went through the speech Trump gave on Monday where he attempted to make Orlando a campaign issue and doubled down on his call for a temporary ban on Muslims entering the country. So he's going to go after Trump for using Orlando as a campaign issue. Really? Okay. He's going to do that. And he did do that. And no other politician is doing that. Oh, isn't Obama there right now? 
Didn't he just speak there today? I saw a couple of news blips that, you know, he's down there, you know, consoling the alleged, you know, families of these homos or whatever. Of course, everybody, that's what politicians do, man. Jeez. He's not the first, at least. Trump, that is, isn't the first to use some kind of a tragedy or an event as a campaign issue. (laughs) Give me a break there, uh, Colbert, you freaking clown. All right, where did I leave off? Uh, Here it is. Uh, Yeah. This whole speech, with its nativism, is fear-mongering, and especially its self-aggrandizing in the face of a tragedy feels like a new low, Colbert said. He then added, Trump's speech, unbelievably, was the least controversial part about his reaction to Orlando. Just listen to what he said about President Obama. A clip of Trump's phone interview with Fox and Friends Monday was shown in which Trump said, look, we're led by a man that is either not tough, not smart, or he's got something else in mind. There's something else going on. It's inconceivable. There's something going on. Uh, okay, there's Stephen. What's wrong with saying that? He's questioning uh, Obama's leadership. I mean, that's always been in question. But you, just, you see, here's the thing. You, you lefty loons out there. Don't have, don't have any common sense. You know, so you can't have that. Jeez. Later, Colbert aired an interview, aired an interview Trump had on Boston's uh, a Boston radio station with a host, Howie Carr. Actually, the show was the Howie Carr Show. Never heard of him. Uh, where he was asked to, to, uh, to uh, explain what he meant. You know, sometimes when they write these articles, they leave words out, and it's hard to read them. Well, you know... I'll let people figure that out for themselves. This is what uh, this is what Trump told Howie. Because to be honest with you, there certainly doesn't seem to be a lot of anger or passion. There was certainly not a lot of anger. So you know, I'll let that. You know, we'll let that. And this is kind of Trump speaking. Uh, we'll let people figure it out for himself. That's kind of they were putting. It looks like they're putting several comments and trying to make a sentence, and it's not adding up. That's what they do. They don't even know how to report their own news. Colbert then decided he would try and figure it out himself. He pulled out a chalkboard where he connected phrases Trump had used, and this is where the pattern, and this is, you know, where the pattern of the Nazi swastika came up. So there you go. That's just a little bit of a critique, if you will, or a little bit of honest and accurate reporting on Stephen Colbert. And here's, you know, getting back to what I was talking about in the first half of the show with the Internet, and I do believe, I don't think it's a far-fetched idea that, you know, they're floating that out there so they can, take control of the internet. We all know they want control of the internet. And I believe one of the, one of the reasons, because there are many, and, and there are, there are many reasons why, I be, but I believe one of them, the reasons is, is because, you know, it, it, with the internet, with it being open source, and it still is to a, a very large degree, it's still very open source, it's like, hey man, everybody's a reporter now. You know, look, I, have, I do a radio show, and I'm just a truck driver, I have a blog, and, and, you know, I'm not the only one. There's millions of us out here, you know. And so I, they have to hate that. They, that has to, you know, that, that I'm, I'm certain that that's one of the things, one of the aspects uh, that they dislike the most is that, you know, now anybody can just report the news, you know, and, you know, because, and, and report it, you know, like, truthfully and factually. In other words, you know, it's no longer just NBC night, uh, nightly news out there. It's no longer, like, Dan Rather or Tom Brokaw or Ted Koppel, you catch my drift, or that clown, Katie Couric, that absolute clown who is Katie Couric, 
I have no idea why that female is still on the air. It's just unbelievable. It doesn't make sense to me. She is a complete jack wagon. So, but see, with the internet, hey man, anybody can be, you know, Katie Cork or Dan Rather or, you know, Morley Safer, right? And they, that has to grade on them. But anyway, wanted to re, uh, kind of point that out to you, the whole Stephen Colbert thing. I don't watch the guy, and somebody would have to convince me otherwise uh, to, to watch this guy. Like, hey, he really is. He does a good show or something like that. But I can't imagine that he does. See, to me, and he's supposed to be a comedian, right? And look, in order for comedy to be funny, there has to be some factual stuff in it. There has to be a little bit of fairness in it, right? Right? There has to, there has to be some, like, some truth, and right? You can't just make stuff up, and you, you can't just you know, have a chip on your shoulder all the time and expect, you know, people to, to think you're funny. This guy has an agenda, you know, and he's always had an agenda. Look, David Letterman was a leftist, but, you know, he was entertaining on his show. You know, he just was. He could interview people, and they had fun. He didn't always bring politics into it, in other words. He did a good show. Johnny Carson, same thing. Even Jay Leno, who I didn't like, d- didn't always... You know, didn't always, wasn't always just out there attacking like the Republicans or, or Christians, conservatives, or what have you. That's Stephen Colbert's whole mantra. That's just what he does. That's not funny. It's offensive, and he is offensive. I can't imagine that he's getting good ratings. I mean, I'm just a truck driver, but anyway, I can't imagine. All right. I have one more thing to go over, share with you today. This is going to be, let me find it. We've all heard about, and this, let's, this is kind of really moving along here, uh, of women in the military. I've talked about it at length, and you know, now, they can, now they're going to be in combat units, and all because they're the same, right? And they can do the same thing uh, that men can. Where is it here? Okay, here it is. Let it queue up. This is, for, this is from the local station out here, Cairo 7. The headline is, Senate approves women registering for the draft because that's been an issue right and i haven't really talked about it that much but my opinion on that is well you know how i feel about it in the first place but that's not where we are you know they're they're in there they want them in there they're trying to integrate them and make them all you know by saying we're all the same all this blah 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 right so hey you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander right so i think yeah they're girlies you know you just hey you wanted it, now you have to eat the whole thing, right? You can't have it, like, kind of both ways. You can't, you know, just, like, have, you know, you, know, you can't just be, like, halfway in. you got to be the whole way in. So, yeah, I believe that they should have to register for the draft. And this is a very short article. There's a picture above it, and it's, it's, it's really offensive. you got three women here, and they're all smiley-faced uh, women, and here's the one with a, uh, a ranger tab on her left shoulder. And that's just, uh, you know... It's just hard for me to to look at, uh, given the fact that, you know, I possess a ranger tab. So, whatever. To me, it it really, you know, just kind of uh, diminishes the whole thing, you know. And I've said it. it, I've contemplated contacting the department. I have. I've contemplated it, contacting the Department of the Army and having having them remove the ranger tab award from my DD-214. Like, take it. I don't want it. Okay? If this is what you're going to do with it, and I want no parts of it. I haven't done that. Uh, because it, but at the same time, it wouldn't matter. I still earned it, you know. 
Now, this is out of Washington, but it's a local station here, Cairo 7. The Senate has defied... Oh, hold on, this is small. The Senate has defined a White House... Uh, defined, yeah, a White House veto threat and voted decisively to approve a defense policy bill that authorizes, wow, $602 billion in military spending. The bill passed Tuesday by a vote of 85 to 13. President Barack Osama objected uh, to numerous provisions in the legislation, including a prohibition on shuttering the Guantanamo Bay, closing blah, 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 the White House, the opposed language to build, blah, 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 security staff, and this new and that, hold on the bill. Okay, and the bill also requires, it just went through what that bill was going about. I was beginning to think uh, they reported, that, you know, this is a different article here, but it isn't. The bill requires young women to register for the military draft. The mandate has angered social conservatives who fear the mandate is another step toward blurring gender lines. Another step toward blurring gender lines? What do you, what's that? But we're already there, okay? We're already there. And almost, I consider myself to be a social conservative, and I'm saying what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Absolutely. I mean, because they're there. They're in. So, yeah, if, if, you know, my son has to register for the draft at 18, then, you know, the other guy down the street's daughter, when she uh, turns 18, needs to t- take her prissy little butt down to the post office and register for the draft, too, because that's what you wanted, girls. That's what the girls wanted. They, you know, they kicking and screaming. They beat the door down. Congress let them in. And now they, like I said, now they must eat the whole thing. There you go. They must eat the whole thing. All right. Just one more example of, and you can just put that into the category of, I thought we were all the same. But you know how that goes. We're all the same until we're not. Here's something short. Close out the day here. Close out the week. This is from USA Today. You know, there's, and, and this is just another example of, of you know, of a bad government, I guess, a you know, corrupt government. Seven state workers indicted for food stamp fraud that cost U.S. nearly $1 million. This is out of Wilmington, Delaware. Seven Delaware Department of Health and so- Social Services caseworkers have been indicted on charges. They created fake food stamp benefits accounts for personal use or to sell, state officials announced Tuesday. A months-long investigation by state and federal agencies revealed that the former caseworkers defrauded the U.S. government defrauded the U.S. government of more than nine hundred and fifty-nine thousand dollars. This is a quote: "I find it especially cruel and disheartening that anyone would steal from a supplemental food benefit program for personal gain and greed." DHSS Secretary Rita Langsford or Landgraf said in a statement. Yeah, she's just heartbroken over that. I'm sure. We have continued to be in close contact with our federal partners and will keep working with them to strengthen the internal controls that will make it more difficult for these crimes to occur. (laughs) Really? You think so? That's going to work out real well for them, isn't it? I mean, it's worked out so far. While ensuring that red flags are raised as immediately as possible when they do, uh, Langgraf added. The first case of suspected fraud was discovered in December 2014 by a supervisor within the Division of Social Services who could not find the required documentation to support a benefits case during her case reviews. And it just kind of goes on to list uh, these seven people and, you know, the amount of money that they stole. And, hey, man, that's what state workers do. I mean, that's what people do in government, right? And so why? Well, that's what our officials do. I mean, right? That's what our officials routinely do, misappropriate money, 
uh, oops, $7 billion missing from the, uh, uh, you know, Department of Defense, or maybe it was $200 billion or whatever it was, remember, $400 billion, whatever, oops. You know, hey, well, shit, I don't know where that went. You know, I don't know where that, you know, warehouse full of uh, $1,000 bills went. So why should uh, we treat, or, or why should the state workers get treated any differently? Our politicians routinely get away with it. So they're just, they're just doing what, what, you know, what the officials are already doing. I don't see a problem with it personally. Hey, you know, I mean, if you can, I mean, if you can get to, who doesn't like free money? I mean, that, that, that's what we give the illegal aliens, and, and that's okay. That's routinely approved of, and, and we're not supposed to question that. Hey, they're just trying to better their lives, coming, coming back around, you know, full circle, right? So I don't see a problem uh, there with this. But, you know, uh, these seven people, it doesn't look like any of them are going to do jail time. And let's see, let me just see here, because I read the article last night. No, they're just uh, they're being fined a lot of money. They're having to pay back. It's, it shows. And it looks like each and every one of them is just getting probation and, like, uh, community service. So there you go. They must have had good lawyers or, or you know, the state didn't want to get too deep into this, right? You know, because they, they, then it would open up like a whole new can of worms, right? They're like, okay, let's just kind of slap them on the wrist because we don't want, uh, you know, we don't want too much light shown over here on, on our, our little escapades. All right, guys. We are at the end of the show here, so wanted to a little bit of contact information. You can contact me via my website, conditioncriticalshow.com. Uh, check out my blog. Got an email there. Cell phone number 253-973-2995. You all know you can text me or call me. Uh, send me a song request or uh, send me an article you'd like me to maybe go over. That's been done before. So that and American Voice Radio and all that. Yeah. Okay, we're at the end of the show, guys. And as I always like to say at the end of uh, my show, and again, I, I have two things now to say, and I'm going to continue to say them. So if you're listening out there, Department of Homeland Security, I am encouraging all, each and every one of you, to be all that you can be and become a domestic terrorist. There's only one way to take this country back, and we have to do that. So be all that you can be and become a domestic terrorist. Secondly, and this is the case as well, and it always is, freedom comes from the sword. God bless you guys, and I will be back on the air next week. See you then. Take care, guys. properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. this morning um, I want to talk about the Orlando thing and I want to give you some uh, views on the mainstream media and the uh, absolute correct media so anyway we know that a lot of people were killed in that Mahu bar in Orlando and that the guy uh, has invested ties to Islamic terrorism, right? And that the whole thing is going across the media. But there's a lot of stuff that they won't talk about. First of all, over the last two to three years, anyone who claimed that radical Islam posed any danger whatsoever to the safety of U.S. citizens was called an intolerant bigot by the political left. And it's all part of the, if you'll pardon the expression, political correctness brigade that really wants to shut down a rational caution by labeling it intolerance, and even though the Islam religious leaders openly teach the murder of Mahus, which is the Hawaiian word for gays, I don't like to use the word gay because gay means happy, and I don't like to relate to two, so I'm just going to use the word Mahu. So we're all supposed to embrace their religion and welcome even more violent terrorists into the country. Second, 
the entire mainstream media has so far deliberately conspired to avoid mentioning any ties to radical Islam among both the San Bernardino shooters a few months ago as well as the recent shooting in Orlando. So the twisted narrative from the mainstream media basically focuses on the weapon rather than the person using the weapon. And they will reluctantly mention radical Islam if they can't avoid doing so. Third and last, the entire mainstream media will not print the fact that ISIS announced that it was targeting Florida for a major attack four or five days ago, as was reported in an article at the Gateway Pundit. And now, the other thing is, the shooter, Omar Mir Sadiq Mateen, is a registered Democrat. I don't know if that means anything, but we'll find out. So instead of acknowledging that this was an act of terrorism carried out by an organized radical wing of Islam, the entire mainstream media has falsely characterized the attack as a hate crime that targeted Mahus. And they're only now admitting it was an act of terrorism after undeniable evidence linking the shooter to ISIS has been cited by the FDA. So here's some of the ways that the mainstream media will deliberately distort the story, okay? First, they refuse to mention the guy's full name because it sounds like a Muslim name. Then they will Photoshop photos of the guy to make him appear as white as possible, implying that this is a white guys with guns problem in society. Then they're going to blame the gun, but not the person using it. And somehow this inanimate object will be vilified, but never the person who killed all these people. And they will never dare mention that the shooter is a registered Democrat because they have to push the narrative that only Republicans are violent shooters and never the Democrats. So the worst of all of it is that the entire mainstream media will use this event to ludicrously call for the complete disarmament of all American citizens, even as wide open borders allow any number of terrorists to walk right into the country. So the controlled establishment media, in other words, basically wants to take away your constitutional right to self-defense, even as the terror attacks on American soil have now reached epidemic levels that put us all at risk. And to accomplish this, they have to call this an act of this act of terror a hate crime while avoiding any mention of the Islamic terrorists who carried it out. So if you want accurate information, you can't watch CNN, you can't watch MSNBC, you can't watch Fox and all the other lying mainstream media outlets, 
what you have to do is you go to breitbart.com, B-R-E-I-T-B-A-R-T. You go to InfoWars. You go to all these things. You know, all these true alternative media. There was this video where this guy explains that Islam has a violence problem against Mahus. And he says in the video that a single Muslim just killed more Mahus than so-called Mahu bashing killed in the last 50 years. I mean, Trump warned about Brussels before it happened, and he's been proven right yet again. So what, there's some questions that need to be asked if you dare seek the answers. The mainstream media is broadcasting all the bloody images of the carnage at the Orlando bar. Yet we're never shown any blood at all from the Sandy Hook massacre. Then we're told that the showing of the blood of the dead children wouldn't be appropriate for broadcast news. So if that's the case, why is it so appropriate now? And anyone who points out the shooter is Islamic will be cast as an informant bigot. But if the shooter had been white and Christian, the entire mainstream media would be hammering home that point every, every second. So why is criticism of Islam disallowed in America, while criticism of whites or Christians is openly condoned by the media? Since when did it become bad to be Christian, but good to be Muslim in America? And there exists a Mahu gun rights group known as Pink Pistols. And they have the answers to the shooting, but they will be completely ignored by the mainstream media. You ever wonder why they don't want to talk to armed Mahu guys who practice self-defense? It's, it's amazing. We have a Second Amendment here. Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. What do you think would happen if that shooting occurred in Texas? Do you think that shooting would ever occur in Texas where the people have the right to carry a weapon? Do you, do you, really, do you really think that that's, that's a possibility? Uh, you, got, you can't believe this. I am on the radio. So you think that would happen? Do you think that a guy would walk into a crowded bar and in his mind think, hey, I wonder how many people in here have guns. Maybe I better not do this. But to go into Orlando where you know that nobody has a gun, and go into a crowded place and open fire, you know you're going to be safe. Why, why, why do they not want us to be able to protect ourselves? That's a really good question. Okay. There's a danger that we face due to our federal government's incompetence and abandonment of fundamental national security priorities. And incompetence doesn't even begin to describe it. 
So what is being exhibited today by Obama and the rest of the regime in power is nothing more than pure psychosis. It's a delusional denial of reality that's going to get a whole lot more Americans killed if something doesn't change. So because of the gross negligence that now dominates the insanely delusional ruling class in Washington, you've got to be warned about what's coming and how to protect yourself from the war that's being waged against America by ISIS. So the deaths of those 50-plus innocent Americans has to be credited to the other incompetence of the Obama administration and his bizarre unwillingness to utter the phrase radical Islamic terrorism. And because he refuses to admit that a radical branch of Islam even exists, he has shut down every effort by other people within the federal government to try to stop these acts of terrorism. Okay, so the FBI is investigating over 900 ISIS terror threats in the United States, covering all 50 states. Yet, the Obama administration has systematically shut down federal prosecutions of the groups and silenced the whistleblowers that tried to warn that all this was coming. It's almost as if the Obama administration is actively working for ISIS. So on the surface of all this, Maybe you could conclude that the leaders of the U.S. federal government and the DHS in particular are utterly incompetent. But if you look more deeply into what's happening, it's a lot worse because these people are actually working to promote an ISIS invasion of America. So what we're all witnessing is the invasion stage of a massive war being waged against America. The government's open borders policies have allowed ISIS to occupy America with boots on the ground. Now there's hundreds of active terror cells across America. And guess who helped put them there? Barack Hussein Obama, the same guy who promised to fundamentally transform America. The same guy who handed nuclear weapons capabilities to Iran in a very thinly veiled effort to start a nuclear war in the Mideast, beginning with nuclear attacks on Israel. Okay, we got police force, and they're local cops, and they're overworked, and they're underpaid, and they're underappreciated. Yet they try to protect lives while operating in a highly hostile environment of never-ending media accusations and criticism. They're also short-staffed, meaning that in any given city, there's barely enough cops on the street 
to prevent mass chaos and mass chaos and looting on any given day. It takes only one lone wolf terror attack to occupy nearly the entire police power in a major city. And this act leaves the rest of the city wide open and vulnerable to additional attacks by other terror cells, meaning that the police cannot protect you even if they want to. So the solution, of course, is to carry your own concealed firearm if it was legal to do so where you live. If it's not legal to do so in your city and town, maybe either petition the government or move somewhere else where self-defense is legal. At the same time, this country is being invaded and occupied by an enemy network of terror cells. The utterly incompetent, America-hating nutjobs in Washington insist on keeping the nation's southern border wide open. Why? It's being done for no other reason than to serve as a Democrat or voter recruitment tool, hoping that millions of impoverished, desperate illegals will pour into the country so that Obama can declare them all eligible voters before Election Day and usher the new criminal in chief into office, which is what he did before the second election for him when he gave all the illegals that were here amnesty and allowed them to vote. So the very idea of no borders is ludicrous. The White House has borders. The Vatican has borders. The Democratic National Convention has borders. Every secure nation in the world has borders. And those nations which fail to enforce their borders suffer runaway problems with drug smuggling, human trafficking, trafficking, illegal weapons trafficking, and an influx of illegal aliens. But thanks to this policy, the ISIS terrorists can now walk right into America and set up shop in every major city, and they've already done so. So this is the one good thing that Obama has accomplished. So the governor isn't going to protect you. The local cops can't protect you. So what does Obama and the freedom-hating media want to do about it? They want to take away your right to self-defense. The gun control agenda is in full force today, and it's all based on the absurd premise that if only innocent, law-abiding Americans were all unarmed, somehow terrorists would stop killing their intended targets. you got to be killing me. This is brain-dead stupid, but it's par for the course when it comes to an incompetent criminal government that hates America and hates your individual liberties even more. My advice? If it's legal in your area, arm yourself. Now, a single well-placed bullet could have halted that entire massacre in Orlando. But unfortunately, nobody was carrying a weapon that could have saved dozens of lives. So if you dare to criticize Islam these days, you are immediately labeled an intolerant bigot. I mean... We, we, we must all embrace radical Islam terrorists under the new politically correct regime of inclusiveness, which also has deep-voiced men wearing wigs and marching into women's restrooms because they self-identify as a woman. 
You God can be kidding me. It's all delusional, political communication, political garbage that we're dealing with. Why? Why why is it that way? Why do we have to subject ourselves to all this? Why? The fact is, I, I mean, don't you have enough of this political correctness, leftist lunacy in this company and all this political correctness, gobbledygook, that wants to shut down free speech by calling rational concerns about radical Islam bigotry or intolerance. The fact is, the same political correctness police, police on the delusional left who claim to despise violence against the Mahus has pushed the dangerous denial about radical Islam that has now led to mass murder of the homosexual people. And in this particular massacre, the link is a direct one. An info report, InfoWars reported that a co-worker of Omar Mateen tried to report this guy's erratic behavior to his employer, but the report was silenced because Mateen was a Muslim. So political correctness, in other words, allowed Mateen's mental illness to flourish. So in protecting violent Muslims by silencing criticism under the guise of political correctness, the political just the political left just sold out the homosexuals to Islamic terrorism. And even now we're all being ordered to chant peace and love and embrace Islam as a religion of peace while the homosexual brothers and sisters are being gunned down in cold blood by an anti-American hater, and this is called tolerance. I don't call it tolerance. I call it lunacy. And I can't stay quiet about it. I don't care who it is being murdered in cold blood. So for our mutual survival, we got to reject the political correctness lunacy that silences legitimate concerns about Islamic terrorism. Don't you think it's about time we had the balls to stand up and tell the truth? Or maybe we'll just be slaughtered while people like Obama roll out the red carpet to more ISIS terrorists who commit mass murder across the American cities. So as a practical matter, you've got to realize that the ISIS terrorists will obviously target large, high-density crowds for their operations in order to maximize their body count. So it means that if you want to avoid being killed by an ISIS terrorist, you might want to avoid placing yourself in or near crowded spaces, especially those that are indoors. And nightclubs are one obvious target. I mean, take a look at the Paris attacks a few months ago. They targeted night, nightclubs. And they like to operate at night because it's easier to hide their weapons and their explosives. So dark, indoor environments with large clouds and crowds and lots of noise are perfect targets 
for the maximum carnage in the minds of these sick, evil-minded dickheads. So notably, this could include orchestral, theoretical, or theatrical performances in a large auditorium, a huge hall full of a thousand plus seated people with a small number of available exits. Is a dream come true for radical Islamic terrorists? All they need is a seat in the balcony and their willingness to kill large numbers of disarmed, helpless people who mistakenly think they're sitting in a gun-free zone. There is no such thing. There's only victim disarmament zones where the bad guys have all the guns. Think about it. Theaters, auditoriums, nightclubs, indoor stadiums, all targets for ISIS. Can you imagine an an ISIS terror cell targeting a televised UFC fight in order to achieve the high publicity factor that comes from the live streaming of their mass murder. I mean, look, their goal is terror. So the more eyeballs, the more successful they consider their operation. You want to survive this war with radical Islam? Do not put yourself in the middle of large crowds. And if you do, make sure you're armed and you're capable of shooting back if some weirdo opens fire on your group. Your chance of being the first person shot is extremely low. So this means that you've got a really good chance of hearing someone else get shot giving you time to draw your weapon and prepare to return fire. Just remember that a single well-placed shot could have ended the Orlando massacre. You want to see things in America continue on the same path? Keep voting for the same kind of nut jobs who brought us to this point of lunacy in the first place. But if you want to see a radically different future, maybe one where political correctness, idiocy is abandoned, and we finally get serious about radical Islam, then maybe you should vote for the anti-establishment candidates. And if the voters keep putting the very same people in the office who right now deny the existence of radical Islam, the whole situation is getting way, 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 way worse. Remember, there's consequences for denial. So the political left's demands for tolerance have reached the point of insane stupid stupidity. Being tolerant should not require us all to be so incredibly stupid that we don't point out the very real pattern of terrorism taking place right in front of us. Now, the left's tolerance is a cover for terrorists who target homosexuals. So tolerance promotes violence against homosexuals at a far worse level than all the so-called quote-unquote gay bashers in the history of homosexual bashing. This is the price we pay for political correctness lunacy and the power we reluctantly grant the Tolerati. 
So the sniveling, unwit generation snowflake dickheads who demand that we limit our thoughts and speech to those few topics that they consider to be acceptable. And meanwhile, our homosexual brothers and sisters are being gunned down and the entire leftist media still can't find the honesty to other the word Islam is absolutely a mental disorder. There's a mass mental illness in the political correctness culture, and it's now costing us dearly in suffering and blood. And the deaths of these innocents in Orlando is a direct result of political correctness, lunacy, and the mentally ill denials of reality. You know, it's, it's time to stand up. It's time to speak out. It's time to get your act together and resist what's happening. It's, our, it's time to actually live the Second Amendment. Yeah, come on. If you're carrying a weapon, you're not going to walk into a crowd and shoot somebody. Okay, let me ask you a question. You have a right to bear arms and you carry, you're walking and you have a gun in your pocket and you don't care. And you walk into a big supermarket or you walk into a big shopping center wherever you live. And all of a sudden you see some lunatic with a sawed-off shotgun running into the crown and yelling, Allah, Allah, Akbar, Allah, Allah, Akbar. I want to ask you a question. Would you hesitate to take out that gun and shoot that guy with the shotgun? I'm, I, I can't answer for you. So in today's paper, on American, on, on Associated Press, okay, this is what they say. The gunman whose attack on a gay nightclub left 49 victims dead, appears to have been a homegrown extremist who espoused support for a jumble of often conflicting Islamical radical groups, the White House and the FBI said. I'm reading you this article from Associated Press. I'm not making this stuff up. As Orlando, Florida mourned its dead with flowers and candles and vigils, counterterrorism investigators dug into the background of 29-year-old Omar Mateen. See, they don't, they don't give you the other names, right? The American-born Muslim who carried out the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. So far, we see no indication that this was a plot directed from outside the United States, and we see no indication that he was part of any kind of network, said the FBI director. But he said Mateen was clearly radicalized, at least in part via the Internet. So the director, James Comey, said the Bureau is also trying to determine whether Mateen had recently scouted Disney World as a potential target, as reported by People.com, which cited an unidentified federal law enforcement source. We're still working through that, Comey said. The FBI chief defended the Bureau's handling of Mateen. And i got to change the pages. Hang on. 
You're going to love this. I mean, it's gotten me crazy. Uh, during two previous investigations into his apparent terrorist sympathies, as for whether there was anything the FBI should have done differently, so far the honest answer is, I don't think so. Despite Mateen's pledge of fealty to the Islamic State, a murky combination of other possible motives and explanations emerged with his ex-wife saying he suffered from mental illness and his Afghan immigrant father suggesting he may have acted out of anti-gay hatred. He said his son got angry recently about seeing two men kiss. The Orlando Sentinel and the other news organizations regularly quoted customers at the gay bars saying they had seen Mateen there a number of times. Sometimes he would go over in a corner and sit and drink by himself, and other times he would get so drunk he was loud and belligerent. Smith said he saw the killer inside at least a dozen times. So wielding an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and a handgun, Mateen opened fire at Pulse Orlando early Sunday in a three-hour shooting rampage and hospital siege that ended with a SWAT team killing him. During the attack, he called 911 to profess allegiance to the Islamic State group. At the White House, President Barack Obama said, there's no clear evidence so far that Mateen was directed by the group, calling the attack an apparent example of homegrown extremism. Obama will, Obama will travel to Orlando on Thursday to pay his respects to the victims and stand in solidarity with the community, the White House said Monday evening. More details of the bloodbath, bloodbath emerged with Orlando Police Chief John Mina saying the team was cool and calm during the phone calls with police negotiations. But the chief said he decided to send the SWAT team in and bash through the wall after Mateen holed up with hostages in a bathroom and began to talk about bombs and an explosive vest. We knew there would be an imminent loss of life. As it turned out, Mateen had no explosives. Five of the wounded were reported in grave condition Monday, meaning the death cold could rise. And a call went out for blood donations. Mourners piled bouquets around a makeshift memorial. People broke down in tears and held their hands to their faces while passing through the growing collection of blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. On Capitol Hill, Democrat lawmakers erupted on the House floor in loud criticism of House Speaker Paul Ryan, another Republican leaders for leaving the nation's gun laws untouched. Some protested by leaving the House chamber during a moment of silence. See, blame it on the Republicans that they haven't passed the bill on gun laws. What was the bill that they wanted passed? Restricting the gun laws, not the fact that anybody should carry a gun, which, you know, would be, oh, my God, the horror. Imagine someone carrying a gun when somebody wants to open fire. Oh, what would we do? Oh, my God, we couldn't shoot them. We'd have to hide. We'd have to run and cover ourselves because other people have guns. So there were some comments here. 
Trump pushes an immigration ban. You understand? He vowed to impose a broad ban on immigration from areas of the world for a history of terrorism, and he suggested some Muslims in the United States are turning a blind eye to unfolding plots as he outlined an aggressive response to the deadly attack in Orlando. Hillary Clinton was more measured in her own remarks, warning that demonizing all Muslims for the actions of a few would only benefit extremist groups. One guy wants to do something, and one lady doesn't want to do something. Hillary Clinton says, I believe weapons of war have no place on our streets. Okay, look, the only people in this country, really, that can carry guns on the streets are the police, the criminals, and the terrorists. (laughs) Normal people can't carry a gun. Because, no, because... Only the terrorists and the criminals and the police can carry guns. And in time, all will be revealed and all will be corrected and everybody will be safe because nobody has guns, which means that time after time we'll be able to reduce the population a little bit until eventually, you know, maybe in a thousand years we can gather up and collect all the extremists. Now I want to give you some information about this guy, okay? So there was a former co-worker of Omar Mateen that tried to draw attention to Mateen's homophobic comments and his unhinged behavior, but was ignored because Mateen was a Muslim and the bosses were concerned about being politically incorrect. Let me tell you another thing. The guy was screwed up, right? He was on drugs. You think the pharmaceutical industry could have any part of this? That's something to think about. So Florida today reported that the former... Fort Pierce police officer worked the same job as Mateen for the G4S security at the south gate of the PGA village for several months in 2014 and 15. Gilroy, the police officer, complained that Mateen frequently made homophobic and racial comments and that his behavior was unhinged and unstable, but the bosses ignored him because Mateen was a Muslim. And after Gilroy quit, he was stalked by Mateen, with the killer sending him dozens of text messages every day. So the guy said, I quit because everything he said was toxic, and the company wouldn't do anything. This guy was unhinged and unstable, and he talked about killing people. So their circumstances are similar in nature to how the San Bernardino jihadists were not reported to police because the neighbors feared they will be labeled racist. 
And and according to Fox News correspondent Will Carr, the uh, the neighbor of Syed Farouk and Tash, Tashfin Malik, they didn't alert authorities because they didn't want to racial profile, despite the sudden appearance of numerous Middle Easterners in the area who were receiving suspicious packages. So the Orlando Gay Nightclub Massacre massacre is just another illustration of how concerns over political correctness and the left's refusal to admit that Islam has a violence problem is now actually leading to innocent people being killed. That's one aspect in a, in a, a for real media. Then this guy, Mateen, was paid by the U.S. government to distribute immigrants across the U.S. cities. Okay, so it should come as no surprise that a radical Islamist has ties to the U.S. government, and yet it never seems to get any less haunting when it's revealed that a terrorist was allowed to walk freely in America, armed to the teeth, despite setting off numerous red flags. So Omar Mateen, the terrorist responsible for the Orlando nightclub shooting, has been revealed to have been employed by the U.S. branch of G4S, the British company that provides security services. It's getting better. It's getting better. And this is, this is coming from uh, a media outlet that is not afraid to speak out. So G4S revealed that Mateen had been working for them since 2007, meaning that he very well could have had advanced access to all sorts of weaponry. And according to Zero Hodge, Mateen's connection with G4S got even more frightening from there. They report that G4S has been bringing immigrants who have been labeled other than Mexican across the border from Mexico and distributing them in Phoenix, Arizona without proper processing. Zero Hodge writes, outraged border control agents and supervisors on the front lines say illegal immigrants are being released in droves because there's no room to keep them in detention. How does this not appear like a blatant security threat? Why is the government just standing by while this happens? Why can't American people get a straight answer from anyone? So considering that Mateen was investigated by the FBI multiple times in the past few years, it's absolutely terrifying that nothing was done to prevent the Orlando massacre from happening. The shooter reportedly made inflammatory comments to co-workers alleging possible terrorist ties. But how was this guy allowed to obtain firearms after such an event? I mean, if it walks like a terrorist and talks like a terrorist, do you think perhaps it is a terrorist? So maybe avoiding the toxic brand of political correctness that is sweeping this country could have prevented this lunatic from killing 50 innocent people and injuring more than 50 more. The left has already attempted to blame the tragedy in Orlando on the NRI, 
the Christians, the, the, the gay community, and everything else under the sun except what actually caused it. It is now time that we, as American citizens, stand up against radical Islam and say boldly and formally, no more. I, there are newscasts out there that are not afraid to say this stuff. They really aren't. It's crazy. It is crazy what is happening. Do you think I like talking about this? No. You think I like walking down the street and thinking, hey, I wonder if some guy... Okay, I live on an island. It's kind of hard. You know, you're, you're very well obvious when you come to Hawaii if you're new and you're not from here. It's, it's very interesting. The only kind of person they would send here wouldn't be a Muslim person. It would either be uh, some Oriental person because they fit in perfectly. But the point is, people here are ready to defend themselves. They can't walk down the street with guns. We can't. We're allowed to have a gun in our home. We're allowed to defend ourselves in our home. But you can't walk down the street. You can carry a pocket knife. That helps. Not against a gun, it doesn't. But the point is, why do they want to keep the southern border open? Why? Did Obama grant amnesty to all the illegal Mexicans that were in the United States before his second election term? Why? Because that's how he got elected. Because they all voted for him. Because they gave him amnesty. Look, I don't view people by the color of their skin because that's simply the vehicle. I've talked about this so many times. Let's use the analogy of a car. Car comes in different sizes, different colors, different shapes, different accessories. But the only reason that the car moves is because it takes a driver to move the vehicle. It's no different with the bodies. The bodies come in different shapes and sizes and colors, different accessories and whatever. But the difference between a live body and a dead body is that Either the driver is still there or the driver has left. Okay. So if the vehicle is temporary and the driver is eternal, isn't it better to see beyond the vehicle and see the spiritual being that is driving the body? And if we did that, there would be no Muslim terrorists. There would be no racism. There would be no anything. 
because you would see that person for who he really is, a spiritual being, a part and parcel of our Heavenly Father. But people don't want to do that because they get more if they live as materialists and they can exploit people and they can rip them off and they can endure because they have the power. Their hate will prevail. You just think about the fact that if they gave everyone the right to bear arms in all 50 states, do you really, really believe that some guy would walk into a crowded place with a gun and open fire knowing that he was going to get shot? Because even though you can't see it, lots of people were carrying weapons. Why, why do you think why do you think they want to ban? Why do you think Hillary Clinton wants to ban the Second Amendment? So the government has control. So they can tell you anything. They can send anyone to make your life miserable. There's nothing, nothing you can do about it. Let me just tell you, the mainstream media is doing all it can to try to ignore the fact that there is something wrong with Hillary Clinton. She can't go a week during her campaign without at some point coughing her head off. No, seriously, I've been reading about this. The American Thinker published a piece by a guy named Thomas, Thomas Lifson noticing this phenomenon, how frequent it is, and posing questions at what could be the problem. What he said was Hillary Clinton, who suffered a brain injury so severe that it affected her vision for weeks, is also suffering from a malady that causes fits of coughing in public. If nothing else, this constitutes a ready-made face-saving excuse for her to drop out or be pushed out of her sinking ship presidential campaign. This is what the guy wrote. So, but the liberal mainstream media, which has gone out of its way above and beyond to protect Obama, who instituted a lousy economy and poor employment figures and incoherent foreign policies and from making stupid deals with enemies and then lying about it is now trying to do the same thing for Clinton. In April, the Washington Post attempted to paint anyone who dared to ask why it is Clinton has such coughing fits as conservative conspiracy conspiracy nuts. That's absurd. But what's even more absurd is for the Post and the other left-wing media has been to suggest it's not an issue. But there's more, as they say on the late-night infomercials. There's this uh, news aggregator. His name is Matt Drudge. 
that hit upon this possibility other than the brain injury. He seems to think that Hillary is so hopped up on meds as to be incoherent at times, which explains her low-energy campaign. And he's not alone. There's this guy that has this comic series, Dilbert. His name is Scott Adams. And he feels that someone who also correctly predicted the presumptive GMO President nominee Donald Trump would rise to the top of a once-crowded Republican field, that he wrote on his personal blog that Clinton's use of big farm and alcohol make her thought processes more suspect and a very coherent, if brusque, Donald Trump. And he wrote that he believes that Clinton is part human, part pharmacological grab bag, while Trump, who doesn't drink alcohol, has never taken drugs, is not a chemical cyborg with a personality that is driven by big pharma. He also observed Trump doesn't drink. He never has. He doesn't take illegal drugs. He's the same guy at night that he is in the morning. He's not a chemical cyborg with a personality that is driven by big pharma. Clinton, on the other hand, is part human, part pharmacological grab bag, and her per- policy or her personality is at least partly determined by whatever cocktail of meds and wine are in her system at a given moment. In other words, she's just like most adults. Our personalities are the product of the drugs in our system for better or worse. Now, this is all coming from the guy who put together Dilbert. Do you make the same decisions when you are tired? Do you make the same decisions when you're angry, depressed, or in pain? Probably not. So if meds are fixing those conditions, those meds are also controlling your decisions, and that introduces risk. Trump brings with him all the risks of being Trump, but he does seem to be the same person every day. Clinton brings with her all the risks of being Clinton, plus any extra risks from a glass of wine or doctor-prescribed meds. That risk could be nearly nothing or not. We have no way to know. We do know for certain about Clinton's head injury. We know that she's taken prescription blood thinners since 1998 because of a history of blood clots. And at least one health care professional, a talk host, Dr. Drew Pinsky, says that her blood thinner, comedine, is out of the ordinary. Besides this, her physician and the natural press have certified she's fit and ready to serve as the president. So what happens if... Hillary is in office and gets a blood clot and it goes to her brain and she becomes a whacked out freak. What happens? You tell me. It'll be very interesting to see who she's going to have as her vice president. 
You have to think about that. Look, I know that Donald Trump has got lots of flaws. But if this guy gets elected, it'd be like watching Saturday Night Live every day. I mean, my goodness gracious. What can you do? I mean, it's, at least the guy speaks his mind. At least he's not controlled by anybody because he doesn't need their money. Maybe he's screwed up. Maybe he isn't. But the guy wants to put borders on the country. What is wrong with having a border? What's wrong with having people come into the country legally? I don't see anything wrong with that. Every other country in the world, people have to go in legally, except the United States. And so what if we're allowed to carry a gun? If I could carry a gun, I would do it in a heartbeat. Seriously. Because I know that if some idiot out there knows that someone where he is is carrying a gun, he ain't going to do anything to risk his life. But when you got a guy in Orlando, Florida, that has been casing a homosexual bar for a long time and seeing what the people are like and knowing that they're not coming in with guns, He's got carte blanche to take out as many, as often as he wants. So you got politicians, wherever you live, whatever state you're in, you got politicians. You got to tell them that you want a law in your state, the same as Texas, where people have the right to bear arms because you don't want to be a casualty in a marketplace by some criminal, by some terrorist, by some freak that's coming in there to kill lots of people because he knows they can't carry arms. Why do you think these guys who put the Constitution together put in the Second Amendment? Because they weren't stupid. They know that people have a right to defend themselves. But we got people in office that don't want that right. Why? Because that makes people too independent and they can't be controlled. Make them susceptible to death. Make them susceptible to, Ill- susceptible to illness. And you got control. And that's why the pharmaceutical industry is paid off. Or pays off the U.S. government. Why do you think? Why do you think they can advertise on TV? Why are they not held responsible for any adverse reaction somebody suffers? It's all about control. It's all about population reduction. And it's all about keeping the population as a herd inside the pen where we have direct control. I, I, you know, I could go on for days, but... I promise you next week I'll get more into health. But I I just brought this up so you could see what the hell is going on in the world. And don't you think enough is enough? I do. Anyway, guys, catch you all next week. Hopefully, if some guy doesn't walk up to me and shoot me because I can't carry a gun. Aloha.
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is June 16, 2016. 
Saints, the world is in turmoil. Most still just don't realize it, but we are in the time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and over or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. Now, you can always find my email address and updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address on our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com. Remember, we are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally. So please pray about supporting our time. Now, I've got a, a couple small things to, to say real quick before I bring on our guests. Make sure you tune into the 7 o'clock program tonight. It's going to be a real special program. Um, Frank, uh, my producer, which has the Frank Report, is going to be on with me, and he and I are going to talk about Orlando and some of the conditions that's going on in America, some things that I just really need to voice and get out to you. We were going to have Rabbi Messianic Rabbi uh, uh, Ishak, uh, Ishak uh, Shapiro on with us, but we put him off until June 30th so we can talk to you um, in the, the Prophecy Hour program later on. Anyway, um, a lot of people, you know, I hear them say, well, we're going to have a, a, a moment of silence, uh, you know, for these victims, and I'm you know, that, I'm not going to do that. And the people that are dead are, are dead. You can't pray for them and do anything for them. Whatever is done with them is done with them. That's between them and the Father. But I will pray for their families, and I'm going to pray for the country. I'm not going to have a moment of silence, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to bring our guest on real quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua Hamashiach's name, I pray. Father, I really lift up um, America in general, Father. I pray that America would return and turn away from its sin, but I don't know that it will, Father. So I pray for all the individual families out here, especially the families uh, that lost victims at Orlando, Father. I'm just so scared that it could happen next at somebody's football game or baseball game or movie theater or anywhere or even another nightclub, Father. And so I just pray that America repents and that it doesn't have to go too far before it does. And that I said you just bless everyone that's listening tonight, but make sure that you bless the folks with your presence that have lost loved ones or have, and I pray for a speedy recovery for those that were just injured in the attack. In Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. You know, uh, again, I want to, tonight I want to thank our listener base again. Um, that are listening to us. People like in Beijing, China, Kaduri, Nigeria, Paris, France, the United Arab Emirates, um, all over California, like San Jose, places like Newark, New Jersey, New York, New York, Dallas, Texas, Plano, Texas, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, Illinois, you know, are all places that are listening to our program. And for the record, we noticed that there was a whole bunch of radio programs picked up this last week in San Jose, California, and San Francisco is now listening to us. Um, I don't know why, but we had a, in the podcast, we had a lot of uh, downloads over there and plays. So you folks over there in California and San Francisco, you guys be blessed. Anyway, 
We also have our biggest, other than the dispersed like that, our biggest listener base is in Wichita, Kansas. You folks in Wichita, stop by the Mission Church. Pray about seeing what you can do to help us, because after all, it is your city. Anyway, now a prayer for our guests. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Father, I pray for you tonight. Those according to your will and not my will, nor our guests' will. So please, Father, give everyone out there who wish to hear the truth. And Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, our guest tonight has served, in, served the last 30 years as pastor, evangelist, and equipper in the ministry. In the last several years, he's been called into the arena of teaching prophecy. His ministry, the sure word of prophecy, has a mission to help believers to understand Bible prophecy, to prepare them for the turn of Yeshua, and to provide an unarguable um, presentation to unbelievers that there is indeed one who knows the end from the beginning. The one that knows the end from the beginning, of course, we all know that you should. It is his vision to share the prophetic word of the Bible with scoffers, agnostics, and atheists, providing them with the evidence they need to turn them to a saving faith in Yeshua the Messiah. And I also pray that this radio program, not only that, but there's so many people out there that claim to be Christians, but they're just not walking the walk. You need to walk the walk in order to be saved. You can't just say I'm saved and sit out on the couch. Anyway, you can check out his website again at surewordprophecy.org, surewordprophecy.org. And tonight he's planning on speaking on Satan's master plan, a world gone mad. It indeed is gone mad. Welcome back, Steve Anderson. Here with me, Steve. Grace and shalom to you, Pastor Dan. I'm happy to be on with you again. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, amen. I'm I'm really glad to have you on, and and uh, I try to keep you booked at least once a month because uh, the folks do like what you say, and I like what you say, and and uh, you give good feedback, Steve. This does seem like the world has gone mad. I mean, you know, what do you think about Orlando? Orlando? Well, it's pretty obvious. Uh, the seams are falling apart here in this country, and we have uh, recognized uh, the, the problem since actually 2001 that, uh, that something definitive is happening to the Western civilization, especially the United States, uh, with the uh, bombings of the World Trade Center. And from there, it's just gone downhill. And I don't think we take uh, the the Islamic terrorist mindset real uh, seriously. And we think it's something that happens over there and it's continue over there. But their whole mindset is to destroy Western civilization and uh, Israel. And that's the same thing that uh, Hitler had in mind uh, back there in Nazi Germany. And the same mindset is here with Islam, and, and and I don't see how any how Hitler could have gotten away with what he did, but he did, and I'm not so sure. I know why uh, Islamic terrorists are getting away with what they do, but it is their whole intent to spread the Sharia uh, law across across the world, and they are now uh, serious enough to be strapping bombs on themselves. Uh, to going into to businesses and and uh, community centers and uh, you know bars and clubs and wherever else to try to um, to to really voice their message and I really believe we are in a very very serious mode of operandum at this moment, brother. Um, yeah. And I, I think we need to start uh, seriously taking a look at how to eradicate this before it gets larger. I just think this is the, uh, the, the Satan's master plan to create chaos. 
Well, I agree. Well, of course, Satan's behind it, absolutely, and let alone with the Muslim thing, you know, because he who denies, uh, the Son denies also the Father, and that's the spirit of Antichrist, and they deny Yeshua is uh, the Son of the, our living God. Yes. Um, having said that, and uh, then I'll basically let you uh, talk to this, it's just that I just pray that Americans would wake up, you know, that. They, you know, so many people listen to us and say, oh, we're going to, it's Thursday night, let's go listen to Bible prophecy. You know what? And, but they don't do anything about it. It's like they don't take it to heed. They really need to understand a warning. And, you know, I went on a friend's, uh, uh, that's been a friend for years, and I never go on anybody else's Facebook page. I, I rarely even do Facebook. I just use it to post radio programs on. Having said that, um, I happened to go on this uh, friend that had helped out the church many times, and I knew he was, you know, left-leaning. And I went on his Facebook page to see what kind of things that they were printing. And I was just shocked at all of the the, the lies, you know, the left lies that are on there, and, and the people actually believe it. So they're totally unprepared. They, they totally don't get it that Islam's out to kill them. And like I said in my, in my prayer, you know, it could be somebody's baseball game or it could be a trip to the movie theater or a summer concert that somebody goes to. Although I think that for the most part, I think there is a lot of, of Islamic um, uh, terrorists in this country. I think they're waiting to do it all at once. Back to you. Yes, I, I you know, this madness isn't going to stop. Uh, and will it turn on us who are trying to live in peace outside the Muslim world? Uh uh, and if so, what can we do? Well, we already know the answer. It's already here, and it's in our space, brother, and in Western Embassies, Africa, in two-block offices of Towers on Manhattan Island, in Madrid, in London, in Paris, in Belgium. You know, this is an all-out war. And I don't think we, I think we, we have just really just kind of thought it could be something that could be contained over there, but it's here now, and it's something we're going to have to deal with, and it's something that I think Christians ought to be alerted to, uh, uh, considering the prophetic word and how dangerous times are coming. And, uh, and I don't think we take it seriously enough. In fact, I think a lot of people put their fingers in their ears, and they don't want to hear about it. Uh, but I, it's in my estimation that, uh, however we you know view our present state of affairs in the world, there is a, a gospel full of good news that will really become good news pretty soon. Uh, good news is even better in the midst of bad news, and when things get real bad, good news get gets really better. Don't you think, brother? Yeah, amen, amen. That was quite a speech, but I I totally agree with it. Uh, good news looks better in the darkest of days. Yeah, amen. It, it does. It, it, it's so clear, you know. We hear uh, we hear on a program like you know CNN and and uh, the Fox News Network uh, only give you a, a certain picture of of what's going on around us. And I'm so thankful, brother, for your program that uh, that actually. Uh, gives not only just the rest of the story, but the best of the story. And, and you know, it's all about gloom and doom and trouble, but it's also about the the the, the coming order of things, where God is going to. It's the gospel of the kingdom, uh, kingdom that's coming uh, that that will eradicate this this madness that we uh, are experiencing in our world today. Yeah, Amen. And like so many have said before me, you know, I know the end of the book. Amen. And Amen. So, uh, I know who wins, but that it doesn't mean that there's a lot of perilous days ahead. What do you think that we can expect in light of what all we can see? Yes, yeah, so that's what I hope to, to end with this evening. Uh, 
I would like to kind of take a look at just a list and determine by the characters uh, where we find ourselves in the prophetic time clock. Okay. Uh, very evidently, uh, you know, it, the scriptures are replete with evidence. And so let, let's look at it honestly for a second. Uh, I'd like to start out by reading a little bit of Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. We're all pretty well familiar with those those. Uh, those verses, but I'd like to, to uh, start out with that today. Um, in Second Timothy chapter three, verse one through nine, Paul says, "Know this: that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving." Slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then it says, from such people turn away. For this sort of those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all. Amen. This book, the Bible, says that in the last days, this type of people would be all around the earth. And if, if there were ever a time when that is so true, uh, this list that we have just looked at here, uh, they're they're here. Uh, every one of them are here. And perilous times, the Greek word chalipos means troublesome, dangerous, harsh, fierce, or savage times. So when you put all these folks together, what do you think you get, brother? What do you... Chaos. A world gone mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A world gone mad. I didn't know we was going for that, but that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to understand the news of this week, it's hard to come away with any feeling that, that we're in the, the midst of a world gone mad. And this is, of course, by grand or, shall I say, not so grand design. Uh, this is the master of disasters plan. Uh, this master plan to put the whole world into a tailspin and turmoil and then raise up his leadership to get the whole world in alignment with this plan to bring everyone underneath his deceptive authority. And this is exactly what has to happen in order, in order for people to, to bind together and, bring, and come into unity and set leadership in place that will uh, begin to dictate from, from uh, the authority of, of the devil. It says that, that the whole world will, will be involved eventually in this plan, uh, and it will come across in a deceptive way where it's going to come across with peace and security guaranteed. And uh, so will this madness stop? I don't know. I just uh, recently... Uh, read an article out of yesterday's news. Uh, it was entitled, uh, well, let me look at the article here. I, I just lost it. My, my apologies. Um, the title of it is FBI Swamped by an Avalanche of Terror Tips. And it goes on to say in this particular uh, article, this is yesterday's news, Orlando marks a third attack, including the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings and the shootings last year at Garland, Texas, the ex exhibition of cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. 
involving an individual who had been interviewed by the FBI. Amid an avalanche of terror tips, James Comey, the Bureau's director, says that tracking the troubled souls drawn to radical Islam represents a vexing challenge for his agents. The number of ISIS cases in the United States is unprecedented. Uh, the U.S. has charged 88 individuals with ISIS-related crimes over the past two years, said Mr. Hughes. In the past year alone, there have been 61 arrests, two or three times the typical figure. It goes on to say, some of those caught in the anti-terror dragnet were deadly serious. In February, John Booker of Topeka, Kansas, pleaded guilty to charges of planning to detonate a car bomb on or nearby a U.S. Army base. How far is that from you, brother? I, I guess uh, that, uh, at where at? Uh, t- Topeka, Kansas. Topeka is yeah. 90 minutes from Well, that's, that's safe enough then. <laughs> anyway, there yeah. was one, uh, he was planning on detonating a car bomb in the U.S. Army base there in Topeka. Booker, also known as Mohammed Hassan, planned to use a half ton of ammonium nitrate, kind of like the thing that happened over in Oklahoma City, an explosion that would have killed U.S. soldiers and himself, according to the Justice Department. Others hardly seem like terrorist masterminds. However, Emmanuel Lutchman was arrested on December 30th on charges of planning a machete attack on patrons at Rochester, New York, in a diner. An ex-convict and convert to Islam uh, had a history of mental illness. And they're writing this all off the mental illness, but this is far deeper than mental illness. This is, this is religious um, psychopath uh, uh, mindset. This is, these are people that are so serious about their faith that they'll strap a bomb on them and blow themselves up uh, to go into the presence of 72 virgins. And this is a type of thing uh, that wants to remove, um, you know, our our, uh, our culture because we're, we're uh, we are the Western civilization and we have the the uh, highest crime rate. Pornography is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and I can see from their mindset, if you're very religious, that you'd want to remove that from your society because it is a yeah. liberty has put a noose around our neck, and it's about to about to hang us. And, yeah, and absolutely. You know, and, and what they're doing is they're simply fighting for the cause of Allah, and they're trying to put a law in place. If you could, if you still, you can get your hand cut off over there in the Middle East. And I have a feeling that if that happened over here, there'd be a lot less thieves, don't you think, brother? Well, absolutely. I'd like to throw a comment in on this. Um, you know, you're right in that sense. They, that's what people want to call a millennial because they, it doesn't line up with Western thinking. And that's the problem that we've had in all of the war with Islam is they have not got into the mindset of Islam to see what it thinks. Islam is just trying to be, in their eyes, not mine, in their eyes, they are trying to be righteous by by wiping out infidels, people that aren't believers. They try to kill or shooting all the gays. That's because they believe they should be put to death, and so on and so forth. So they're trying in their hearts for a righteous cause, which technically doesn't make it a mental illness because they're doing right in the eyes of their God. Back to you. Oh, I could say it must be a pretty sincere faith. I can't imagine strapping a bomb on me and blowing myself up into, into smithereens, but uh, that's how well, serious they are. Let me ask you a question. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Sure. You couldn't imagine strapping a bomb on yourself and blowing yourself up smithereens? I agree with you. But could you imagine if uh, one of these guys uh, held a sword to your neck and said, uh, either renounce Yeshua or die, what would you do? 
Hey, brother, this is uh, where I'm heading with this uh, here, hopefully, before uh, we get through this evening. Uh, I I believe uh, we need a call to arms, and that's uh, arming ourselves with God's Word and being strictly planted and firmly uh, set on a foundation for when these winds begin to blow. Uh, and they are blowing as we speak, but uh, the wind's going to get uh, pick up on this thing. And uh, And we need to hear the words. And obey them. Jesus said this. Yeshua said, "If you hear the words of mine and and uh, and do them, then you will like it to a man to build his house upon a rock. And when the winds and the storms hit the house, your house will stand. But if you hear the words and 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 uh, and don't do what what I uh, say, then then you're going to be like it to a man to build his house on the sand. And when that the storm hits, great will be the fall of your house. And uh, I I do plan on picking up up on that in here in a little bit." Uh, Okay. More, but, uh, I'll try not let the cat out of the bag too soon, okay? <laughs> That's okay. I'm giving you a little hint of where I'm heading on this. Uh, All but right. Very seriously, if you see the storm approaching, you need to have a storm shelter, right? And right. Uh, we recognize that as we see the, the manifest signals of the group that uh, we just read about, uh, that, that, is, that is a group that we have in this world, and everyone's self-centered and boastful and proud, and they blaspheme, they blaspheme you. Uh, you know, these guys that are coming over here in this country right now, they're throwing gays off of buildings over there. And, uh, and just this, this little incident that happened here, the most uh, the mass murder of, a, of a, a terrorist act outside of 9-11 has just hit our country here last week. It's high time that we wake, wake up out of our sleep. For now, is our salvation nearer than when we first believed? I believe that, uh, according to the article I just read, it said the agents are working on more than 900 active investigations. I, I think I heard last night 1,000 from the FBI, FBI under protocols established. Okay, I need to break in. We're going to go to break, but okay. I, I heard it last night. It was a thousand or over. Yes. So we probably heard the same one. But uh, we need to tell people where they can find your website so they can go check out all that great stuff you got over there. Sure. It's uh, surewordprophecy.org. And I've added some uh, really good things. I have a, a tab that's interesting and relevant. And there are three videos on there from the Clarion Project dealing with what we're talking about here that you all need to take a look at. And, I, I mean, it will bless you and to really enlarge your, your uh, thinking on what is taking place and what we're having to face here in our near future. So uh, hopefully that helps you. And that was what again? Uh, interesting and relevant is, is a tab. Uh, I have a lot of stuff over there. To say. I have a prophetic news section, but the uh, tab is interesting and relevant. And those things there, the, the things I'm putting on there, are very relevant uh, to Christians. And, uh, okay, and folks, I, well, i got to go. Folks, we'll be back in three minutes. Right back. Studies 
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. for the work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. You know, it's summertime, and we, and we get many more people, and we get lots of new people. And, you know, 
it increases just like it does in wintertime. When it gets either time it's extreme weather, we get more people. In both instances, donations drop. I don't know which is worse, the summer slump one or the winter one um, because of the holidays. But really, we do need your support for everything. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier today. I said, you know, I, I really barely even got gas money. It's a 60-mile, it's a, it's a one-trip one thing, 120-miles trip. And so, you know, we really do need your support. But I'm, let me let you understand this. And I'm going to talk real quick so we can get back to our program. Um, we need your help for radio. Look, radio is the number one place that donations come in for the Mission Church. Last week, uh, week before last, I had to cancel the whole program because my radio computer that my board runs, my mixer board and my microphone runs through, just dropped during the program and so I, I was not I had to cancel the whole program. Today um, I fired that same computer up. It, I had to work on it for three and a half hours before I got it to work. We could be talking and it could just go completely out. We need some new equipment here in the and if you like our radio program or you get something out, we need your help to get some new equipment. I not only need one new computer, I actually need two new computers. I'm looking at a screen with all kinds of lines on it because the screen's out. I need some new equipment. We're trying to pray in at least $1,500 to $2,000 for new radio equipment so I can talk to you every week. And this isn't a want, this is a need. And you say, well, how does that help the Mission Church? Well, you folks out there that support the Mission Church, you should know that. You support the Mission Church because you heard about us where? You heard about us on radio. Now, um, so pray about it. Now, folks, we are the last hopes for so many. And, you know, we are responsible to care one for another as we are brothers keepers. All donations, no matter what size, help. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. Um, so pray about it. You can donate it online or mail a check or money order. And if you mail a check or money order, make sure you write on it. If it's for radio equipment, just write on it radio. And if you send me a donation in the, in the, on electronically, please do the same. Any kind of donation will help. And now we're back with Steve Henderson, if he's still there. I am still there, brother, contemplating... Uh you know what kind of awesome, awesome thing you're doing, and uh, this is where you get the, like I say, not just the rest of the news, but the re the best of the news. And God bless you for your calling and uh, and getting the word out. I was really impressed with the uh, audience. It's just going around, literally going around the world, and that's uh, an awesome thing. And I bet you didn't think that would happen when you first started this thing, did you? Oh my gosh, it, no, I didn't. But then this thing that I use for used for podcasting, um, you know, when we put them up in after the live radio program that goes out on satellite, um, and they have a tracking thing, and they show us where everywhere everybody listens, you know, um, you know, where they download it or, or they hit play, and it's just simply amazing. You know, people in Russia listen to us, and I've had, I've had a guy from China send me about two or three dollars every two or three months, you know, for a long, long time. And so, yeah, it is just amazing. No, I, it's weird, really, to talk to the other side of the world. Back to you. Yes, sir. Uh, with the uh, internet, and uh, who knows how much longer we'll be able to to do this. Uh, that's the main method of uh, how these these uh, terrorists are getting yeah, communication I mean. is through the internet. And I have, I just have this 
sneaking suspicion it's going to get monitored and shut down at some point in time. In order for them to control the masses, it's going to have to happen. So while we, have, uh, as Yeshua said, we need to work while it's yet day, for the night is coming when no man can work. Amen? Amen. And, well, folks, and let me say this. We are on KU Band Satellite, and you can pick up one of these KU Band Satellites from Frank here at AVR. I think it's for around $100, and you wouldn't believe some of the programs that you can hear on that. And we are live on it, and you can hear it anywhere within inside the, the uh, continental United States. And so if the Internet gets um, that way, you can still listen to us. We'll still be broadcasting. We'll be on KU Band Satellite as we are right now. And you can listen to us by telephone. Back to you. Well, you just have all kinds of angles, don't you, Pastor Dan? Well, <laughs> you. It, it's if, what if plan the Father a gave work, me. Use plan B, huh? Well, this is what the Father gave me, and that's why I'm on <laughs> ABR. We're listened to by a bunch of different ways. Good for you, brother. Well, it's pretty obvious this world system is unraveling, and it seems like the powerful players appear unable or unwilling to stop this thing that's rolling. And it's tempting to come up with a simple cause and a single narrative to explain the ongoing carnage around the world. But and we want to blame it all on Islam. But we have some pretty powerful players in the in the world scene. Putin being one of them, who uh, you know he wants to restore the Soviet Empire and and uh, and, and gobble up uh, territory. The Chinese are uh, are really, I guess they were bullying a, a warship over there yesterday. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of a lot of things to consider. Uh, Yeshua said. That uh, you know the wars and rumors of war would come, but be not troubled. The end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and famine, and pestilence, and earthquakes, and and all the natural disasters that we see, and with a, with a uh, fragmented, uh, very uh, very thin um, layer of, of security with our financial global financial system. I I was reading uh, here the other day that there's something like four quadrillion. Uh, 40 trillion, uh, this is in world debt, three times of what uh, the world is taking in. And that, that time clock, that debt clock is just spinning out of control. At some point in time, um, we're going to be uh, held into, into uh, extreme um, distress because of a, of a system that we believe is going to save us, is going to collapse on us. And then what will we have once this thing uh, all falls apart? And this is Satan's master plan in his world of chaos and the world gone mad to bring this all together so that he can set up a system of security for those on the, on the inhabitants of the earth. And they'll just get uh, sucked up in this hook, line and sinker. But, you know, in the midst of all the bad news, again, uh, we recognize that there are a lot of prophecies in Scripture that do give us much hope uh, that the future ahead of us is um, very, very um, uh, um, enlightening for those of us who are going to uh, have to go through some of this and maybe even have to give our, our our lives up for our faith. It says in Scripture, you know, if you lose your life, you'll save it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I know that there are a lot of people in the Middle East right now that are getting their heads cut off, but these people are over here in, in, in I mean, over in the, in, in the Middle East. But these people here in the United States have the same mindset. But we are told to uh, to uh, be light. We are, when Jesus Yeshua left the earth, he said, "You know, I am the light of the world." But now I'm going to pass this torch to you, and you are the light of the world. 
And when you look at the metaphors of Scripture, we are to be these messengers of good news. And Yeshua said that, blessed is he uh, who, who, when the Lord comes back, he'll find doing something. And I see way too many that have this pile of gold and is not sharing it with anyone. But the Scripture declares in Isaiah 60 that uh, one day the, the, the saints would arise and shine, and it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness of people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And a nation shall come to your light, and a king's to the brightness of your rising. And, they, and your sons shall come from afar, and they will all gather together, and they will come to you. See, this is going to be an opportunity, as I said earlier, when bad news gets real bad, then good news gets even greater. And we are the messengers and bearers of this good news, and it's high time that we that we get off off of the the the, the lackadaisical lukewarm uh, you know going to church once a week and saying hi how are you Go, hope to see you next week type attitude and get on with your your own individual callings because we are we are called to be like co-workers ministers reconciliation uh, there's a lot of metaphors uh, ambassadors uh, salt of the earth and when he comes back. He is going to render accountability to his servants. And we, if we have this gold, he, he will mandate us to share that gold with poor folks. And I'm talking about spiritually poor. Uh, according to the scripture, when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness of people, the Lord will arise over us and we, his glory will be seen on us. According to the prophet Joel, in the last days, in the last, last times, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And, and as it was in the early reign, when the disciples were all together and had one, one mind and, and one accord, the Spirit was poured out, and he said, you stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high that um, you can become witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and all the, to the, the uttermost parts of the earth. And this word has been um, sowed, and now the whole earth is reaping the benefits of it, and it has gone out to the, the whole world as a witness against all nations, and now the end is coming. And the scripture says in the book of Daniel chapter 12 that during this time of trouble that those that are wise will shine as the brightness of the firmament and will turn many as stars into righteousness forever and ever. But brother, before then, we better be very, very aware of, of what we need to be doing in order to prepare for us. So we know that, 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 that the world's gone mad. What do we do? Well, number one, uh, we need to have power from on high. And, and that comes from a, a total consecration and getting sin and stuff out of your life that the Lord is not pleased with. And unfortunately, there are way too many. And even in, you know, even in church, they're, they're, they're ordaining gay and lesbian um, uh, uh, clergy in the church. They're, they're allowing things in the church that ought not be there. Do you, don't you think, brother? Absolutely, absolutely, and and I won't get into anything big, but we've even had young people come in and, and tell us that adultery is completely all right, and I said, well, where'd you hear that? Well, they, they teach it in our church, and it's okay. We're not going to lose our salvation. Yeah. For you, for, for you here, is it here that the law, we're not under law, but under grace? Yeah, the Scripture does say that, 
But shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And I'm telling you, the, the, the Yeshua is coming for a church without spot or blemish. And he is trying to uh, mold you and shape you into his image so you can become that light uh, in, in, in a dark world. And this world is getting darker as we speak. Uh, what about the story of the light bulb? Uh, yeah, let me share a little metaphor with you. It's a okay. story of light bulb. Light bulb shown and shown and shown, accepting the attention of the world. And light bulb was quite full of himself because light bulb thought he was the source of his light. And then one day, somebody unscrewed light bulb and put light bulb on the table. And light bulb went black and cold. And try as hard as light bulb could, light bulb remained black and cold. Light bulb had forgotten that light bulb was able to shine so brilliantly because light bulb was connected to the electricity by wires hidden away in the ceiling. <clears throat> totally out of sight. But without those wires, light bulb was disconnected from the electricity, and light bulb remained cold and black. Brother, I'm wondering how many of us have a prayer every day to be possessed by the Holy Spirit and to be willing to, to go wherever that, that, uh, that impression of the Spirit leads us. He's to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And in his four working phases of the Holy Spirit, he, he will convict you first, then he will cleanse you, he will convert you, and then the fourth thing he will do is commission you. And this is where, um, if there were ever a time when God is trying to raise up an army, because we are going to fight a battle uh, as this world go goes mad, a battle between light and dark. And he's called the believers to be light. And, and if you're not in a everyday relationship, with Yeshua. It's, you know, Yeshua didn't say, if any man come after me, let me die himself and take up his cross and follow me once a week, did he? No, but yeah. he said oh, daily. And what I see is people are getting so comfortable with their Christianity that there are no discipleship programs taking place in churches. They, they, they take pride in their baptisms. But when a baby is birthed out on the street, um, someone has to put a milk bottle in that baby's mouth in order to feed it, in order to, uh, for uh, that baby to grow and mature in the faith. And he's called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry till we all come to the unity of faith and to the perfect man in the fullest and stature of the measure of Yeshua. That we're no longer tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine and these, these crazy things that are teaching in these churches. And, and, and just remember, uh, if, if a church is speaking out against God, Yeshua's law, and, and uh, you know, we're not under, under grace, and, or, or, they, or they say to you, well, now you're saved, you just, uh, just do anything you want to do. No, that is the beginning of your walk, and, and the, the leadership should be discipling uh, these young converts and, and growing them up into, uh, into mature believers. But I think the problem is, if the leadership that's put in place uh, has never been discipled, and so they don't really know how to do it. And we wind up with a lot of spiritual babies, and as uh, Corinth did, he said, you know, you're still, you're still spiritual kids, and you, you, but when I was a child, I, be, I acted like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And it's high time that we speak out against sin, against these, these things that are in church that are, that are rampant, um, and, and, and recognize that, marvel not at this, Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light, 
and his ministers and the ministers of righteousness. So when you want to look for the devil, you look behind the pulpit, brother, because they're there. And they're all over the place. And so it's so imperative that you take your your uh, time, and time is of essence. We are at that day when no man is going to be able to work. And and Yeshua is saying, arise and shine, because the darkness is going to come to the earth, but I am going to call you out and call you into a work. And look out there. The, the harvest is, is ripe, but the laborers are few. And he is coming back, and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And, and, and in order for you to become a... a, a uh, understand your calling, you need to be in that book. You need to be uh, in the Word of, of, of Yahweh every day. You need to be built on that solid foundation of the Word, because the world is going to speak to you, and it speaks very, very loud, and you need that other voice, the voice of the sweet Spirit of God in your, in your heart that tells you, this is the way that you should go walk in it, and, and, and abide and be obedient to, to this cause, because we are going to be rendered to accountability here in the near future. And uh, in the Scripture says very clearly that he's in the, in the kingdom of heaven. I hope you don't hear that, that uh, phone, but uh, it's ringing later. I'm at my office today. Uh, but uh, anyway. That's all right. It's not, a, it's not as bad as my train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear that uh, on your program. That's pretty comical. You have to put, put, put things on hold or at least... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah that, that train comes right on time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you're standing out in the yard, you'll be talking with people, and you know, you just actually say, you know, we go, okay, stop. You know, we motion to each other, stop. You know, until the train goes by. Go yes. ahead, back to you. Well, we do have a message, brother. Uh, uh, we, we are going to be accountable for it. Uh, it is our privilege and responsibility. He's called us to be co-workers with him, and he has provided the remedy. And the remedy for the ills of fallen mankind and for this world gone mad uh, is that one of these days, the promises of God are going to come to pass. As is found in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, uh, the scripture uh, declares, Unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be one, called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And there is a government coming that's going to wipe out every government. And one day, he's coming with the clouds of glory. And he's going to come and he's going to smoke that image that Daniel saw at the feet. And his kingdom has become the everlasting kingdom. And guess what? The saints will possess the kingdom. But, he's, you know, there are going to be a lot of people in that day say, Lord, Lord, I've prophesied your name. I've cast out demons and did many wonderful works in the name of Yeshua. And he, say, he will say to them, depart from me, you that work in equity. You, I don't have a clue who you are. And those people who are um, saying they're underneath the banner of Yeshua need to get sin out of their life. They need to quit sitting there watching the television set and watching that smut that is all over TV and get back in the book. Because when this storm begins to let loose, and it's, we're right on the, the fringes of it at this moment, brother, we need to be planted 
on that on that uh, that solid foundation. His name is Yeshua, and uh, it's all about relationship and not about religion. And way too many hold the the building to be the the place to go to find God. But if you're not um, if you're not outside uh, finding God, what good is it to go in that into that place uh, of worship once a week and, and and go and pray? If you're not praying outside, you're in big trouble. And you need to condition yourself for this fight because this fight is coming, and this storm is coming, and it is a furious thing that's going to come come upon us. And we need to know what His will is in our life. We need to understand that we need to be obedient because obedience is the highest form of worship. And we need to know God's law. We do not need to know the Ten Commandments. And for those who, you know, I, I always, uh, I'm, I've been uh, keeping the Shabbat for, for, uh, since I was a believer, and people call it the law of bondage. But you know what, brother? Uh, when everyone else is working, I take a day off, you know? I think we really need to, take, to pause for peace. But way too many are trying to spiritualize that, that one commandment, uh, the fourth commandment, which identifies him as being the creator of the universe, uh, and spiritualize it in a way where we don't have to, to, to worry about that anymore. Well, I'm not worried about it. I'm the same when, when, when I, I keep God's law, I'm within the parameters, and I'm, and I'm keeping out of, out of harm's way. But if I step outside of those parameters, and I think I'm powerful enough, then I'm like the light bulb. I'm like, I'm like the light bulb who disconnects himself from the power source. And when you're sinning and you're spending time in other things outside of God's work, which must be done before he comes back, the gospel will be preaching to the world for witness to all nations, then the end will come. And whether you're on board or not, it's going to get done. And it's high time that we wake out of our sleep and, be, and begin to, to recognize our calling, understand our gifts, and begin to share the good news of this kingdom coming. Because one day, brother, all this madness will be removed. Satan's authority and his kingdom will be wiped out. And God has a plan for one day, brother. Uh, death will be swallowed up in victory. And he'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive remain shall be caught up and will ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so now we need to be spreading this good news because people are hungry and thirsty for it, and we're holding on to it, and we're hoarding it. And he wants us to, to, to scatter the seeds like the leaves of autumn. Yes, amen. Amen. Very good. But, uh, you must be a preacher. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Why do you say that, brother? <laughs> well, I, I felt like I was, in the, uh, I was in the audience. Anyway. You you've got it absolutely right. You know, people need to quit sinning. That they've got to get out of sin. You have to turn away from sin. You know, the word tells us that once we receive the knowledge of the truth and we continue on in sin, there remains no sacrifice for our sin. So we and so what is sin? Sin is defined as transgression of the of the law or the Torah. And so you know, and that's all New Testament things. That I didn't even go have to point to the Torah to tell you that. Back to you. Yes, with the world gone mad, uh, brother, it's high time that we really seriously do some serious introspection. And, uh, you know, any time God uh, began to bring judgment on the world, he would send people in the land and say, get right, get straight, uh, turn away from uh, your worshiping of idols. And there are many in this world. We may not be bowing down to some big fat Buddha. Uh, We may not be, uh, you know, openly uh, sacrificing our children to Molech. But there's sure a lot of abortions going on. Even in church, there's a lot of divorce going on in church. Uh, they say that 50% of the, the marriages in church are going sour. 
And uh, I talk to people all day long. That's what I do here at the office is talk to uh, broken people that are going through these. And I, believe me, my eyes have been wide open about the seriousness just of the family unit. Satan is trying to, to destroy two things uh, that I see was created in the Garden of Eden. One is marriage, and the other is to, to uh, destroy the, the Shabbat. Uh, which uh, calls his right. people uh, to to um, the things that were created in the Garden of Eden. Satan wants to take over and destroy. So, uh, well, we gotta and, go. Um, yeah, okay. You need to give your website and everything. I'd love to talk to you for another two hours, but we're out of time. Okay, but I thank you for the opportunity. Bless you and your ministry, uh, my friend, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, uh, SherwoodProphecy.org, uh, there is a lot of good stuff there, and I'm adding on to it daily, and I'm one of these guys that like to watch and then share with others. So uh, go over there and, and check it out when you can. Okay. Bless you, Steve. Thanks Bless you, for brother. Being on. Bye-bye. Okay, folks. Um, that was Steve Henderson. Go over to his, his website, sure word, uh, sure word of Prophecy. Um, dot org. Check him out. I am serious though about the the radio thing. You know, you don't, if uh, you say, well, uh, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money for radio. Well, you know, I'm not asking any one specific person to do that. If we, you can send in several donate, different people can send in different donations. It all adds up. And you know, we're not a rich ministry. We're not doing it for richness and glory. We're just trying to warn you. And I even told you how we would be able to stay on the air when they start censoring the internet, and that is coming. But really, you must remember, there is only one God, and He is your Father. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His Son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave His life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through Him, and only through Him, is the way to the Father. You need to start respecting your father and follow his words, because those words are Yeshua. Remember, the word was made flesh. Yeshua is that word. And so you need to respect those things. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Well, pray for the peace of America. But Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you. And his face shines upon you and is gracious to you and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy. American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Kansas 668 5
1. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.